and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show. Cutting from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good things. And guys, it's Wednesday, which means, one, it's hump day. Two, it's game day, game day because She-Hulk comes out tonight at midnight if you live in Los Angeles, three in the morning if you're on the East Coast. But it also means we are joined by, first of all, Chris Carr is here. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm stoked about She-Hulk. I'm stoked for, stoked for our pregame show. And my little brother comes in town today. Yes. So oh, having a good day. That's a, where's your little brother live? He lives in Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's quite a trek to come mm -hmm. out here. Well, he's turning 30 tomorrow. Oh, so. wow. Celebrating Ooh, the birthday. Big stuff, yeah. And sitting next to her, of course... We got a duo sitting over there. First of all, we got Joey Bishop and, of course, Aaron Cummings. Hello, How you doing? hello. Oh, you know what? I actually, I didn't tell you this, but I told Chris earlier, I saw Moulin Rouge the musical last night, which I know that you probably have seen because it's one of your favorites. I have favorite. not. We have oh. tickets. We have tickets, but I haven't seen the stage play yet. I will say this. You know, there's a lot of movies that make the transition to Broadway, and sometimes they don't live up. I will say that I was so impressed with not only the uh, retention of some of our favorite songs from the movie, like uh, Your Song and Lady Marmalade, or as we say in Texas, Lady Jelly. Um, <laughs> Lady Jelly. But also the addition of new, more current songs like uh, uh, We Are Young from, I believe, Fun and uh, just lots of other newer songs that weren't in the original movie. And it was almost like an Easter egg hunt for the audience. Every time a new song would come up, we'd be like, is that? Oh, and it was really great. The set was gorgeous. The performances are stunning. You're going to love it. Well, I and like so we got tickets. I'm excited about it. Sitting over there, joining you guys in the live chat today. Ray Orr is here. Still employed. Ray, Still employed. <laughs> you know, last night I finally watched that 13 Lives. Oh, what oh. do you think? I watched that documentary on Disney Plus first. That's yeah. why I had no interest in watching it. It's it's really well done, I think, for a for a movie for a movie on Amazon. I I, I don't watch a lot of movies, but it's it's well done. And of course, sitting beside him, running the show today, producer Jonathan Voico is here. Jonathan, how you doing? I'm doing okay, but you know what? I forgot to make my fresh coffee for the for the show, and it's cold, and it's, it's sad. <laughs> it's like a third. Cancel the show. The day's over. Yeah. Mouse is trying to reset it. Don't expect good uh, camera cuts here today. <laughs> Without the coffee. <laughs> Do we yeah. ever though? And guys, ouch! Just kidding. Ooh. Just kidding. Shots fired. And, and you will not see me for the rest of the episode, it's clearly. Like, look at Aaron. Aaron's camera doesn't work. Probably the wrong way to this And most Aaron importantly, guys, <laughs> you are here joining us, and we are so glad that you are. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. If you'd like to get a live comment or question on, two things. Number one, you got to be watching live. Number two, when we get to the end of the final topic, we'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. And when we do, that'll be your time to fire in your thoughts, opinions, theories, questions, whatever. And we will read those off in the second half of the show. Be prepared, though, because we only leave the Super Chats open for a couple of minutes. So make sure you get those in as quick as you can. All right, guys. That down, let's do a couple of off the tops here, shall we? And our first off the top is this. You know, if you were to ask who my favorite movie star Ryan Reynolds, what his worst movie is. Generally, in the, the pop culture audience, they will say with one harmonious voice, Green Lantern. <laughs> he might even say that himself. I personally don't actually think that movie is all that bad. Wow. I mean, it's not good. 
This is it's, a bold statement. It's not good, but I honestly, like the first half of the film, I actually quite enjoy. I actually quite enjoy the first half of the Yeah, it goes off the rails. So no, it's not good. Jocampia says Green Lantern's a masterpiece. No, no, no. <laughs> this is your Quentin Tarantino moment. <laughs> this is my Tarantino moment. It's not good, but I don't think it's all that bad. No, 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 no. The more astute followers of Ryan Reynolds' career will know that when you're talking about his worst film, there's only one. And that's the one that he did with another all-time great, Jeff Bridges, called R.I.P.D., or the Rest in Peace Division. This movie was horrible. <laughs> and it, I think it made they made it for like $150 million. And I think worldwide it made 78. Wow. So it, it, it took a big, big financial bath. So what do you do if you're universal? I know. You make a sequel. And that's what Universal has done. Apparently, here's the thing. R.I.P.D. has been made as a sequel made. And they made it in secret. And it's done. <laughs> and it's already gone in front of the MPA ratings board, who have already given it a PG-13 and a secondary of rating of 4Y. Take that back, girl. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wow. Speaking of shots fired. That girl canceled. R.I.P.D. Give it a go. And they made it in secret. Now, of course, uh, as many of you probably guess, neither Jeff Bridges uh, nor Ryan Reynolds are appearing in this highly anticipated uh, (laughs) follow-up film. And it is apparently going to be a straight-to-video release. So, uh, yeah, no worries about stuff like that. Uh, but it's they've made it. Apparently, it's been directed by a guy who I've never heard of. And that's fine. But the movie's called R.I.P.D. 2 Rise of the Damned, which I don't know if that's supposed to be an ironic title. But, <laughs> uh, R.I.P.D. 2 Rise of the Damned. And it was directed by a guy named Paul uh, Leiden, who I'm not familiar with. Apparently, he directed a movie called Chick Fight, which I am also not familiar with. Uh, and then it had somebody from... Sandman in it, uh, an actor by the name of Richard Fleshman from Sandman is in it. Uh, Jake Choi from Single Parents is in it. Uh, yeah, um, I I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I like I, I, straight to it. Listen, I'm going to venture a guess here. I'm going to guess it's not getting a hundred fifty million dollar budget like the first one did. What? I'm going to guess it's closer to the hundred fifty dollar. Uh, budget. You know, somebody got a bag of Twizzlers for lunch and said, hey, you got an iPhone. It's got them 4Ks in it. There's cinematic you... mode now. Go, yeah, go. It's got cinematic mode. <laughs> what are we doing? I I can I, I want to be a fly on a wall in a boardroom sometimes when movies get greenlit and just hear the justification and the rationale and the case being built by some junior executive. Say, yeah, we got to do RIPD too. See, people are going to love it. See, maybe they want to lose the rights or something to it, or you know what I mean? Like some weird red tape kind of thing. They needed to have some cost or something. Maybe, maybe. I mean, couldn't they just buy toilet paper? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this. I mean, I know how much you enjoyed the first IRPD. I did, actually. But- <laughs> I did too. <laughs> What's wrong with the movie? I, don't know. I was like, this, this is, is your Quentin Tarantino this moment. This is my Quentin Tarantino moment where I'm like, it's not bad. This is another one of those things though where I'm like, it's a fine movie, and people are gonna be like, Chris Carr says this is the best movie she's ever seen. <laughs> I, I thought Ryan and Jeff were having fun. I like that. They clearly did they have fun making time. this movie. And they so clearly did. As this story was unfolding, it was, oh my gosh, I love that 10 years later they're gonna come back and maybe try to do this movie a bit more justice, see what else they can do with it. But they're not even 
involved? <laughs> is Universal just doing the exact opposite plan as Warner Brothers? And they're like, we're going to put out anything we want. We'll do <laughs> all it all. It's such a big for why. I don't understand this. I don't understand it at all. For people keeping score, by the way, just for people keeping score, R.I.P.D. one sequel, Man of Steel, zero. Just wanted to put that out there. Anyway, Aaron, you hear about this. Uh, I mean, your, your IMDb page is filled with R.I.P.D. twos. So I'm just kidding. Whoa! Speaking is of shots like fired, wow. damn. Everyone. I don't know. Everybody's feeling Everyone's holding out today. Each other. I've never done a sequel to anything. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm what, do you think? what do you think, Aaron? That's terrible. What do you think? Jonathan, I truly and totally apologize. I would rather have your IMDb page filled with everything that's on there than whatever's on mine. So, Hey, man, I'll win. take it. You know, I don't need to be A-list. Just put me on the list at all and just let me get health insurance. That's all I give a shit about. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I actually liked the idea of Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges like sneaking around the set and like doing this whole undercover thing and then it coming out and it being a big joke that they you know it comes out and they're and they kind of are poking fun at the original maybe they you know ryan reynolds is obviously having a renaissance right now i mean he is everywhere and doing everything and people are just loving what he's bringing out uh, what, what he's doing so i was like oh that would be really fun but um this is kind of like when they redid dumb and when they did dumb and dumber 2 but didn't have Jim Carrey. Oh, right, or, right, yes. Yeah. And when, so, when Harry met Lloyd, I think it was called. Yeah, something like that. And it's just one of those things where I, I just go, okay, well, I see what you're doing here, but at least Dumb and Dumber was a massive success. You know, I mean, yes, you're right. The budget was $154 million and this movie made 75 but that's $75 million globally. Domestically, yep. it only made, you know, like $33 million. And that's, that's $150 million, not counting marketing costs exactly probably another 20 million on top of so that. it just doesn't really make any it, it doesn't make any financial sense but i'm i go hey if universal is just hemorrhaging money i guess that's the place if you have a sequel in your pocket to a really shitty movie i say pitch it to universal yeah. because clearly they have money to burn and are just ready to do some stuff so universal yeah. studios you're greenlit yep. yeah yeah whereas you know this movie the original movie came out when the flash film was announced no. Wait, yes. What? No. The movie came out around no. 2013. Yeah, it October came out in 2013. The Flash television show premiered shortly after in 2014. So only one year before the yes. Ezra Miller Flash movie yes. was announced. There's more movement on this than the Flash film. Oh my god! Oh my god! R.I.P. Do R.I.P. Do Chew is getting a sequel. Whoop the doo! First film before the first Flash movie comes out. Yeah, I like that. We live in unprecedented times. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? I already know you're circling your calendars. You're making your family. You're planning your work vacations right now over when. Does R.I.P.D. 2 come out? No, watch it. It's probably going to be an awesome movie or something like that. It's going to be really fun. Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top, and that's this. You know, again, we, we talked yesterday about the first images from the new Adams Family kind of retooling by Tim Burton called Wednesday that's coming to Netflix. And the images came out and... I had to say, listen, I'm not, I am not the world's biggest Tim Burton fan, but I thought the images looked really good and they were only still images, but I was completely buying what they were selling on it. 
So as often happens, once official images drop, you know a trailer is soon to follow. And sure enough, a new trailer, the first trailer for Netflix's Wednesday dropped today. Now, it should be noted that Rob Zombie is constantly hyping up the fact that his Munsters thing is coming out on Netflix just like the uh, like Wednesday, and he's like he often draws comparisons between them. No. This trailer coming from a non-huge Tim Burton fan. This trailer is fantastic. Yeah. It's it's great. You know what I always say, right? About trailer, the idea of a trailer, the purpose of a trailer is to take your excitement level for a project, no matter how high or how low it is, and bump it up a bit. I have not been excited for Wednesday. Now, the images made me kind of interested because I thought they were good images, but I've not been excited. I have watched that trailer. I am now not just interested or kind of looking forward to it. I am now legitimately excited. Mm -hmm. They, You know, what? We, remember we were talking about the other day about how you've got to be able to take the nostalgist stuff, but you've got to be able to, to transport as well, given a modern thing. Mm -hmm. This felt, because, you know, I like all the other, I grew up watching reruns of Adam's Family too. This felt like it was capturing a lot of the nostalgia things, but also definitively saying, this happens in the 2020s. Mm -hmm. And it just worked. The little girl, I have no idea who that is. It's, it's Jenna a, Ortega. Is that her name? Mm -hmm. She's, She's in that a movie young, X that you walked out of. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> She's a young clone of Rachel McAdams. It, mm. it looks like, like to me, I look, I just see Rachel McAdams' face. And that's a good thing. A good Canadian kid, by the way. And I, it just worked for me. It just absolutely did. Like the whole thing with the piranhas in the pool and the, the smirk on her face as literally guy is getting his fucking balls eaten off mm -hmm. uh, was, this is it. They, they really did it. Now, again, it is just a trailer. Maybe this whole thing will suck, but I really liked what I saw. Anyway, Aaron, you had a chance to watch the Wednesday trailer. What did you think about it? Oh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. And, uh, you know, I, I the character of Wednesday Adams, it's one of those roles where you look at and you just go, who on earth is going to be able to own this in the way that Christina Ricci did? Mm -hmm. I mean, she is sort of she as as plentiful as her career has as bountiful as her career has been with so many wonderful roles that she's played um and currently in yellow jackets which if you haven't seen she's it she's so psychotic oh, in, in yellow jackets oh crazy. she's so good um so like christina ricci who i've actually worked with and she gave me a great piece of information she said always say you're allergic to wool then they'll never put you in wool um <laughs> i still do that to this day so thank you christina but you know she really created that character of Wednesday Adams as us Gen Xers know that character. So immediately this young Jenna Ortega has big boots to fill and boy, does she, she gets the, when she, when you see her just staring at that camera saying, or staring at the, at the swimmer saying, no one gets to torture my brother except me. You just go, Oh, that's the family love. That's that dynamic. Yeah. So I love the instantly that we're setting up that she is going to, you know, take care of her brother. And when she goes into this new school, but it's more like her, but she still finds ways to be ostracized. And uh, I, I just thought that there were so many great one-liners. And yeah, this Jenna Ortega, she's a young star. And I'm so excited also because according to IMDb, Christina Ricci herself is actually in eight episodes. You were... You were on this show when we talked about Christina Ricci confirmed that she was going to be in this. <laughs> I have the memory of a 
<laughs> like of a, of a gnat. So I am just now. See, that's what's wonderful about not having a very good memory is that you just get to be excited over and over and over again. Oh my God! I just saw that Christina Ricci is it's in. Be, that's yes. crazy. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Ding dongs. What did you think about oh, it? Well, as a claymation character that was wished to life, I love Tim Burton. I oh. very much, very much like them. Um, so I. I really love pretty much everything he does. That said, going into this, I was like, I don't understand the point of this for why is this happening? I can watch Adam's Family Values anytime I want. Right. But this trailer is fantastic. I mean, how many times did I wish I could put a bag of piranhas in a pool when I was a kid in Texas? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you don't need those nuts. No, this is great. I think this is so wonderfully dark and twisted. I am really, really hoping that this is just a taste of the macabre we're getting in this, because if it's more of that, this is going to be a really fun watch. Well, and if it's Tim Burton doing it, you know that he's yeah. not going to skimp on the, the, the yeah. like that whole element, right? He's not going to skimp on that. Well, and the, when I was originally listening to the premise of the show, I thought it was going to be a little kiddified. Yeah. And seeing that blood in the pool got me Definitely. back to where I needed to be. <laughs> You know what, Irene Dobbs, Jobson uh, said in the chat that she has Aubrey Plaza vibes, and I agree. Ooh, I definitely see that. That's a good comparison. Yeah. That's a good comparison. That deadpan, you know, droll delivery that just bites. Yeah, that was really good. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, question is for you. Did you have a chance to see the new trailer for Wednesday? If so, did you like it like we did? Maybe it didn't do anything for you. Whatever you guys thought about it, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to move into our main topics now. But before we do, we want to take just a quick second here and thank one of the sponsors of today's show, our friends at Babbel. Hey guys, we want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this episode, Babbel. Now, as an Italian, did you guys know my real name is Giovanni? Anyway, as an Italian that doesn't actually speak a lot of Italian, I've always wanted to learn better Italian so I could converse with my Italian relatives. And that's where Babbel is a godsend. And for you guys, for all your summer travels or whether you're going abroad or staying domestic and want to immerse yourself in the culture, now is the perfect time to start Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, there's still time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German and others. Right now, you can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com campia. That's babbel.com campia for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. And thank you to our friends at Babbel for sponsoring this episode of the John Campus Show. Remember, guys, if you want the links or the promo codes to any of our sponsors today, they're down in the description of this video. And when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting us. So make sure you go and check them out and make sure you use those promo codes as well. All right. With that down, let's move into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics in the John Campus Show? Well, that's easy. You guys come up with them. See, whenever you guys come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? Our first one comes from Gerald Dumas. 
Hi, guys. I saw that Wolfgang Peterson died yesterday, and I'm just heartbroken about it. Spent decades watching and loving his movies from Never Ending Story, In the Line of Fire, Outbreak, Air Force One, and only watched Das Boot for the first time about two years ago and loved it. Wanted to ask what your favorite film of his was. Thanks. All right. Yeah, so I've, this is uh, news that broke during the the waning minutes of the John Campy show yesterday. And we said, you know, we, we're not prepared to talk about it right now. Let's talk about it tomorrow. Uh, I was shocked to hear about it. Uh, I mean, the last movie of his that I saw, and I think it was the last North American film he did, was Poseidon, mm -hmm. which wasn't wasn't his best work. <laughs> Poseidon wasn't his best one. But before that, you know, he had done The Perfect Storm, which I loved. Obviously, so many people treasure Never Ending Story, uh, and, and people just adore and love that film and all kinds of stuff. Uh, the In the Line of Fire that he did with Clint Eastwood was so good. John Malkovich was in that one too. Mm -hmm. That such such a good movie. Um Enemy Mine is one I really really liked. But the one if you're asking me what my favorite one of his is, I wanted to say Das Boot. But which actually by the way, producer Jonathan Voico has a poster of that hanging in our studio foyer of that movie. But honestly, my favorite one is the one he did with uh, Dustin Hoffman uh Outbreak. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love Outbreak. Now, for whatever reason, that one, what was it called? Contagion, the one with Matt Damon? Yes. Right. Yeah, Contagion is the one that gets all the attention, right? But for me, Outbreak was the better of the two, in my opinion. Like, I, I just, it, it combined a great idea about the whole idea of a global pandemic and the panic, but it, it was also fun. I mean, it was a fun movie to watch with all the tension and everything like that uh, baked in there. Obviously, you've got the Harrison Ford Air Force One that a lot of people, get the hell off my plane, which he still says today, I think. Um, <laughs> I I mean, just so many iconic, great films, and it really is sad. I mean, obviously, he led a great life. He made it into his 80s, and that's great, but still, it's a loss for the movie community. Anyway, Chris, you, you heard about the passing of Wolfgang Peterson. Yeah. When you look back at his filmography, what are the ones that are your favorites? Oh, man, I love Air Force One so much. <laughs> I love that movie I so hard. That. I really do, and I, I'm that idiot on every plane who says it to Logan. Like, I turn to him each time, like, get off my plane. He's like... <laughs> Chris, stop. No one cares. Um, and then Never Ending Story. Gimli very, very almost was named Falcor. Oh. Um, well, you know what, but then um, I thought I'd be too sad. Wendy, <laughs> yeah. who worked with uh, Wendy Lee Zaney, who's a part of the movie couple that Jonathan and Ray and I worked with, mm -hmm. her dog, you named yours Gimli. Yeah. She named hers Falcor. She went with it? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my friend Sunny, she had a dog that actually looked just like Falcor, and you could ride that thing. And it was, <laughs> yeah, it was one of those like yeah. big. wish dragon. So like, Gimli's 13 pounds. So I was like, he'll grow into it. <laughs> Really makes more sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love those movies. And it's a, it's such a loss. But what a long life and what an illustrious career. Yeah. Aaron, you, you hear about his passing. What are your thoughts and which of his films are your favorites? Um, I think that the two that you guys have already talked about, Never Ending Story. I mean, that moment where the horse is sinking in the quicksand because yep. the horse knows. And only if you know. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I don't want to totally ruin it for you. But I think I just did. Spoiler alert. It came out like 50 years ago. So deal with it. But yeah, the, the scene when the horse is is sinking in the quicksand and why the horse is sinking but the boy does it is so heartbreaking and of course i won't sing the song because we can't but i will be singing that song in my head i lo also love i hate i mean i hate the fact that outbreak had a resurgent because obviously yeah <laughs> covid but that scene from outbreak where people 
sneeze and oh, then yeah. and the, the close-up camera of it everything spread yeah. i really theater. think that's the reason i think that scene is the reason why people still are not going back to the movies <laughs> it's not because of covid it's because of that scene in outbreak that was so terrifying i mean i feel like even before a global pandemic i was like don't sneeze don't cough <laughs> like wearing a mask to the theater because of that scene i i, I really love outbreak it's, it's one of the best Guys, question is for you. An iconic director is no longer with us who made some really incredible films. When you think about the career of Wolfgang Peterson, which films stand out to you most? Which was your favorite? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today? This one comes from Steven. Greetings, John and friends. I just read from Deadline that Amsterdam from 20th Century Studios has been moved up from November 4th of 2022 to October 7th. At the very least, it'll no longer have to compete with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, on November 11th. What do you make of this change? Normally, it's not a huge deal when a movie moves a couple of weeks. Now, normally, we make a bigger deal out of it when it's like, oh my God, this movie just moved from May to October or something like that, like when it's months and months and months. This is a small move, but I'll tell you what, it's a good move. And I think it's good news too. And here's why. When they, we saw the big full feature they did for this thing at CinemaCon. And it was really the first look that any of us had to have a look at it. And it looked amazing. And we all loved what we saw. We, this thing looks like it could be really good. But man, when you are putting it really close to what very well might be the biggest box office film of the year, a, a movie that could potentially surpass Top Gun, maybe. Uh, that's Black Panther. It's going to be really, really big. How big? Not sure, but it's going to be big. And if you're going to open up your movie just a few days before Black Panther, and you know your movies are going to have a certain window to actually have a thriving chance at the box office where Black Panther comes up and gobbles it all up, you, you, you might not love that child so much. Hmm. By moving it out, number one, it's smart to move it away, but the second thing it tells me by them moving it to October, it tells me that they actually believe in the film. They think this movie could actually do business. They believe people may actually come out and see this. And they've certainly stacked it with the cast. This comes to us from the folks over at Deadline who write the following about this movie. For those of you who don't know much about Amsterdam, Disney is filling the desert that is left uh, at the fall box office by moving up New Regency slash 20th Century's David O. Russell movie Amsterdam to October 7th. The pick was previously scheduled to open on November 4th. The movie, which received uh, the name and title and, it dropped the and dropped a trailer at April CinemaCon, is set in the 1930s and follows three friends who witness a murder, become suspects themselves, and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. The Russell-directed, written, and produced film stars a murderer's row of talent, including, listen to this lineup, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, Robert De Niro, John David Washington, Chris Rock, Andre Reisenbaugh, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Michael Shannon, Mike Myers, Taylor Swift, Zoe Saldana, and Rami Malek. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? You want to talk Damn. about directors people want to work with. People, mm -hmm. like, I, listen, I've heard a lot of stories about David O. Russell, but the fact, whatever stories you think you've heard, all the actors want to work with them. They all And keep coming back to work with them. And keep coming back to work with them. And this is absolutely murder's row. And the movie looks great. So, yeah, I think it's from a business point of view, it's smart to get it a little bit further away from uh, from Black Panther. But number two, to me, it shows that they 
if they didn't believe in this film, just leave it where it is. And we've Black Panther gives us our excuse as to why it didn't do so well. No, they put it to a place where it's going to have the chance to succeed. I think that tells me they have some belief in it. Aaron, you saw the footage for Amsterdam at CinemaCon. We all loved what we saw. What do you think about the move? It's actually surprising in a wonderful way because I just assume, I mean, yeah, the trailer was really exciting and fun and interesting, but for some reason, I just got the impression that this was going to be one of those awards darlings that was going to kind of fly under the radar when it first got released. They would do a theatrical release, maybe even a limited theatrical release so that it could qualify for the Oscars and then it would, you know, really get a big resurgence every be talking about it in Oscar time. It would get nominated for, you know, costumes and, you know, performances and cinematography, etc. And then all of a sudden everybody would be like, oh my God, what's this Amsterdam movie? And they would re-release it in the theaters and it would then have its moment. But for them to move this up, they're clearly saying, no, in addition to being what we believe will be a critical and awards darling, we think this movie can actually make money. And the plot itself would not give itself to that. I mean, period pieces are not notorious for being big cash grabs. Period How piece murder mystery. Exactly. <laughs> However, I think that given the murder mystery success of Knives Out yeah. and this kind of has, even though it's not the same, the fact that it's a wild, zany, you know, caper that ends up happening. Uh, and I believe it's based on a true story. Is oh, that I have no idea. Okay, then don't don't. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that they're they're potentially banking on the success of Knives Out and the surprise interest in that film and using and hoping that that's going to help people, you know, be interested in going to the theater for this. So I think it says nothing but wonderful things. Do we know what's coming out that weekend that it would be competing against? Not much. Like not much, not much has been opening up. And that's been part of the thing we've been talking a lot about is the fact that, you know, after bullet train came out like nothing really like all respect to beast that comes out this weekend like nothing really big is coming out for a while yeah. so they're gonna get a pretty wide playground in there and unlike the movies that we were talking about i know that um for the christmas holiday we were talking about sonic 3 and um avatar, avatar coming out at That's the same 2023. time 23 right but still we were talking about them coming out so close but they're coming out during a holiday a long yeah, holiday exactly. weekend whereas early november is not into the holiday season enough to where people are going to want to have multiple reasons to go to the theater so i think it's a great move by them and it makes me even more excited to see this movie knowing that you know they believe in it that much chris what do you think i mean i appreciate first of all steven saying that this movie was going to compete possibly with wakanda forever Nothing's competing with Wakanda forever. Yeah, right. Nothing no. at all. Um, so I think this is a very, very smart move. Bless you, Jonathan. Um, I think it's a very, very smart move to move this, especially because we see movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once that are unique, original stories that end up having great legs and doing well because of word of mouth. This looks super fun, and it is based partially on a true story. Uh -huh. Um, it's, uh, some of these things actually happened, is uh -huh. what they say about it. Um, is that what it says? Yeah, some, of some of these things, things are actually, actually happened. true. Which I think is really, like really that. cute and tongue-in-cheek. But you've got this great cast. You have a story that seems very, very fun and interesting. So I think pushing it forward just speaks to how much people believe in this. And I'm so glad you brought up the awards darling factor of this. Because when we watched this at CinemaCon, it was, oh, thank God there's going to be some levity and fun when we have our series of hard-to-watch movies. Mm -hmm. Because when we're doing our SAG Award votes, it's just a bunch of movies, typically, where it's, this is really hard to watch. This is painful storytelling that is beautiful and profound and important, but it is hard to watch. And I love when people have fun in movies. I'm excited about this. 
All right, guys, question is for you. Have you been looking forward to Amsterdam? If not, why? Because this <laughs> looks really good. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys, before we move on to the next topic, we want to take another second and thank another sponsor of today's episode, the good folks at Upside. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this episode, Upside. Guys, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. And that's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anybody who buys groceries, gas, or dines out. With every purchase, you are earning cash back thanks to Upside. And guys, believe me, I know. You hear about apps like this, and it turns out you have 40 or 50 hoops you have to jump through, but believe me, Upside is super easy to use. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. I've used it and it works. Upside is a no-brainer. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code CAMPIASHOW, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. So guys, download the free Upside app and use the promo code CAMPIASHOW to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code CAMPIASHOW. And thank you to our friends at Upside for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? It's one I'm really excited about. This is from Amin. Hello, crew. Like most of you, I cannot wait for the Rings of Power. Two weeks left. I'm sure you heard, but Amazon just announced that the show will premiere with two episodes on September 1st at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is super exciting news. What are your thoughts on having a two-episode premiere, and what do you think of them releasing the show at an earlier time? Do you think this could cause Amazon Prime to crash? Would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot, Amin, for sending that in. And yeah, like I, for years, ever since they first announced they were doing this years ago, like when I was still doing movie talk, like years ago when they announced this, this has been the single most anticipated show for me on my radar forever. And it's clearly still my most anticipated of this year. I cannot wait. And what a glorious lineup of TV we got coming with She-Hulk and Andor, uh, House of the Dragon, and Rings of Power. I'm so excited for this show. I cannot wait. And like other shows I've been excited about, Boba Fett, I might end up thinking, <laughs> <sighs> like, and maybe that's what's going to happen with Lord of the Rings. I don't know. We'll find out. But yeah, they just announced that now it was going to come out on September 2nd, which... We had discussions about it around here. Really means September 1st because mm -hmm. the boys was scheduled to come out. Its schedule was on a certain day. But really what that meant was that it was dropping on Amazon 7 p.m. the night before. So kind of like movies in theaters. Like, yeah, they open on Friday. But what that really means is Thursday at 4 p.m. So, so really it's coming on September 1st. But they did just announce that it's going to be a two-episode premiere. Now, this is significant for two reasons. Number one, I actually really like it when a TV show debuts with multiple episodes because it really allows you in your first sitting to get a true sense of the show. You know what I mean? Like, we were talking about this with Andor. Like, Andor is going to be 12 episodes, but it's like 
broken into three episode chunks. Mm. And so they announced they're launching with those first three episodes. And I'm like, well, that's actually a really good idea because we're going to get a chance to really get a sense of this show. And by dropping multiple episodes at once, it's going to give a lot of us a chance to, you know, really get a better feel for what the show is going to be. The good, the bad, whatever. And so I like that a lot. So two episode premiere, love it. But the second reason why that's so significant is because of this. Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, and House of the Dragon were scheduled to have their finales drop in the same week. Ooh. By doubling up their premiere episode, they have shortened by one week the overall run of the Rings of Power, which means in one week we are going to get the Rings of Power season finale. And then in the following week, we're going to get the House of the Dragon season finale. That is good for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's good for everybody involved. And, you know, I take a George R. R. Martin kind of uh, approach to this. George R. R. Martin was asked about, you know, uh, what, what do you think is going to be better, your House of the Dragon show? or the? And, and he's like, what are you talking about? I'm a, I'm a fantasy fan. I love that both of these shows are going to be on at the same time. Obviously, I want game of thrones to win but because i love that all this is happening at the same time he's so excited for it that's my attitude too i i love this so from a fan perspective love that we're going to get a real good solid sample size of the show with two episodes first from a industry side i think it's a great move to shorten it by one week you get your dedicated finale week and house of the dragon gets its own dedicated finale week so i think it's good for everybody anyway chris uh other than Mike, you might be the only person I know who's more excited for this show than I am. Yeah. So, of course, your dog's name is Gimli, Gimli son, son of Gloin. That's a silly so, name. <laughs> uh, you hear about this news. What do you think of yeah. it? I named my dog Dick Gimli. I named my voiceover studio Speak Friend. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Literally, they could just talk about grass, and I'd be like, this is the most perfect show ever. <laughs> um, this makes me very happy because it falls under the week of Chrysonica, too, the festival of me. Right. Uh, That's so I'm very important. A gift. It's very, very important. This is one of my gifts is I'm getting two episodes at a time that I don't have to stay up for? Woo, this is great. I'm very, very hyped about this. I'm so excited that we're getting two, because like you said, we can really dive into the narrative that they're creating here and really see what kind of story they want to tell, introduce some of these other characters from this other age in the Tolkien universe. I am just, oh, I'm so chuffed. You know, one of the other things I really like about too that came out as part of this announcement was that Amazon confirmed that as far as time zones, the show is dropping at the exact same moment everywhere in the world. That's so now, cool. That's really cool. I, I get it. For some places, that means it's dropping at like 4 a.m. But it, it is really cool that no one's going to be able to see it before everybody else. Mm -hmm. It's a global fandom altogether, which means that normally the episodes are going to drop at 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. But because they're doubling up the first one, we're going to get three hours earlier. They're going to drop the first episode at 6 p.m., which I'm like, oh, I'm so excited about that. Anyway, Aaron, I, I don't know that I've ever asked you, like you and Tom, are you guys looking forward to this show at all? Has it been on your radar? And what do you think about this move? No. <laughs> I mean, you know, I started reading the books when I was in high school because I had to. And then I was like, you know what? My friend Cliff has some notes that I could uh, just read on. Uh, you know. So no, I, I, I will admit, you know, again, not every movie and television show is my I am not the target demographic for every single thing. There are certain things I'm really excited about, certain things that I go, you know what? I'm not interested in that at all. And then there's things like this that fall into the category of, OK, I'm not. I'm not going to Chris Carr this show. However, 
Like I'm not geeking out and like really excited in the way that you are, but I also can look at the factors that are involved in it. It's coming out on Amazon Prime. It's got some really strong, strong perfor- like actors that I yeah. who I'm whose work I'm familiar with and whose work I respect. And also the trail the, the pieces that I've seen look beautiful so while it's not necessarily like oh my god i'm so excited about lord of the rings i can go wow this looks like a television show that is beautifully done that i need to watch because it's going to be a great show and i think that the comparison with boba fett here's where i feel like boba fett failed was mandalorian was kind of like we're gonna put everything into this and then it was so successful that they were like okay what and and i feel like boba fett kind of paled in the shadow of Mandalorian and or or one show was good and the other one wasn't right I mean that's a possibility yes but uh, but I feel but do you feel like Boba Fett was kind of rushed in after it doesn't matter I I, I think it was a part of their plan I think it was always part of their plan but I I feel like what we all wanted Boba Fett to be yeah and also and but that was also part of like a world that had been established by Mandalorian. And so the bar was pretty high, whereas Lord of the Rings, they're coming in fresh. They have had a lot of time to develop this. I don't think that any part of it has been rushed from what I've heard. And so I feel like this is a show that they were like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And we're going to do it at the time where we can release this in a beautiful way, where it's going to be what we want, the story that we want to tell. And I agree with you. I love seeing the first two episodes because so much of a pilot um, is really just exposition and introduction of characters. And so you're not really getting into the meat of a story until you get into episodes two and three. So I really appreciate the fact that they're going to give us a nice big chunk to sink our teeth into, get us invested in the story so that we do want to come back and watch week after week. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? It it is upon us. Uh, the, this this series are dropping. Actually, it's really upon us because House of the Dragon drops next week. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I cannot believe all the stuff is finally so here. So much scotch. How are you feeling about it? What do you think about the move and having two episodes drop at once? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This one comes from Aram. Hi, John. You guys talked about yesterday the first reactions for She-Hulk. They were really good. But as you said, sometimes when the real full reviews come out, they cannot be as glowing. The Rotten Tomatoes score just came out, and when I looked at it, She-Hulk had a strong 84%. Do you think with the positive reactions and now this big critic score that She-Hulk could be one of the best Marvel shows yet? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, Aram. And yeah, so yesterday the first reactions came out about She-Hulk. And we had Christian Harloff on the show who had watched the first four episodes. He had been very, very skeptical of the She-Hulk show. And he ended up really loving the first four episodes. So, So that's good to hear. But as we've always said, the thing about first reactions is while they're totally honest, the thing is first reactions are generally tweets. Mm. And you've got 140 characters and you tend to lean more into one thought. And therefore, if you generally like it, you're, the only thought you're communicating is, I really like this. You don't really have time to go into the, to the details of what you liked or the details of what you didn't like. So sometimes the first reactions come out and they're great and that's good to see. But when the full reviews come out, well, now they've got more time to actually say, okay, yeah, this is good. I really liked it, but blah, blah. And sometimes that glow comes off a little bit. 
Well, now the full reviews, the review embargo has been lifted. The full review embargo is done and the full reviews are coming out. And as we can see here, and Johnson brings this up, uh, it's actually gone up. It's gone up from 84 Ooh. to 85%. So it is holding a very, very strong rating. I'll be honest with you. That's a little bit higher than I expected just because She-Hulk being the fact that it's, it's the first time Marvel's just done a straight up sitcom. And whenever you're doing something like, like that's completely out of the boundaries of what you're used to, you expect some people not to have as good of a reaction to it. So I think right now sitting at 85% is obviously very strong for it. In asking the question, do I think this could be the greatest Disney plus Marvel show yet? No. I don't think being a sitcom lends itself to, but don't give me, I love sitcoms. I do, but sitcoms in and of their nature don't really lend themselves to being the best thing that's ever been here. Like when you go over my list of my top, like 10 favorite shows of all time, as much as I love parks and rec and as much as I love the office and as much as I love, you know, cheers or whatever, none of those are my top 10. Right. So I don't know that it lends itself to that. So, no, I'm not going in with expectations that She-Hulk is going to be as good as, say, Ms. Marvel or is going to be as good. Certainly not. I'm not expecting it to be as good as WandaVision. Who knows? Maybe it'll surprise us. But I'm just looking forward. You know, I was saying the other day when I came out of D23, the last D23, when they when they announced She-Hulk, I had very, I had very little interest in it because I'm not a big fan of derivative characters. But I said on that day, you know, though. If they do a Marvel Ally McBeal, that could be pretty good. And what have we found out? That's exactly what they did. From every, this is an Ally McBeal in the Marvel Universe. And that's exactly what I kind of thought I was hoping it would be. And it is. So I'm expecting to have a good time. I think Ray's probably going to come over and make some food later. I haven't asked him about that yet. That's fine. He never asked me when he steals my streaming services. So, I mean, yeah, I... I I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be fun. I think the trailers have been terrific. Anyway, Chris, we're seeing now the full reviews are coming out. Mm -hmm. I mean, 85 is very good, but yeah. it's, it's not the, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever kind of kind of ratings. Yeah. But it, it looks pretty solid. What do you think? You know, honestly, I, I'm not a fan when we get the, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever, because my right. expectations are so high then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? I like, I like a B. Like a solid B here, so I can go into this and make my own decisions. Um, I'm really excited about this show. I think it's going to be really, really fun and irreverent and funny. I'm with you though, as far as the the kind of is this going to be the best of what we've seen? Well, we had Wandavision, we had Miss Marvel, we had most of Moon Knight. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> most, of, so, Moon most Knight. of Moon Knight. Yep. So I do think this has the potential to be a great beloved show, but I don't think it's going to be the cream of the crop here when we think about the the boundaries of storytelling that Marvel through streaming has been able to do. Um, I have seen a few reviews too. Um, one in Variety, I believe, where it talks about how great the cast is, but how they're working with kind of an outdated concept. And I do find well, that, that might to have be... been IndieWire because I think I read I think I read okay. that same one because um, I was reading. Ooh, let me double check just to make sure. Yeah. Caroline Fra uh, Framke from Variety. She wrote that, you know, the the fourth wall breaking and things like that just feels played out because we've lived in a world with Deadpool and mm, Fleabag right. and all this. But it's so interesting to me since She-Hulk was the first comic character to do that, to break that fourth wall in Sensational She-Hulk. So I'm hoping that this is something that people can get on board with and enjoy and that doesn't feel played out. Because I know it's a trope we really started seeing in, you know, like the 2010 era when Deadpool hit the scene. But... I have really high hopes for this show, and I'm trying to go into it with as much of an open mind as possible, ready to have fun. Uh, you know, we've got She-Hulk's coming out tonight. 
Midnight, are mm -hmm. you and Tom planning on staying up and watching this? And what do you think about the reviews we see coming out? Well, I'm going to be on the show tomorrow, so I feel like I had a half to because it's <laughs> uh, And I'm an I'm a gold star kind of student, so yes, I will. We will be watching it tonight. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I do, I was a big fan of Ally McBeal when it first came out, and so I feel like that combined with um, big strong green woman, I'm very excited about. So I I'm personally excited about this, and I agree with Chris. I like something that gets a B rating. And by the way, um, in Texas, at 85 is a B. Yes. Um, so I'm not sure what your skill system does, but yes, that is that is a B. So. Um, I'm looking forward to it because I feel like it's something that's going to speak to me and is going to be something that's going to have some humor that I'll appreciate. Um, I also, in comparing to other Marvel shows, you know, like uh, WandaVision had a 91. Uh, Miss Marvel is sitting at a 98. Um, She-Hulk has dropped back down to 83 as I refreshed my page. So it's and it's one of those things where I just go, oh, OK, so clearly this is going to be something that some people are going to love and some people are going to go, you know what? This isn't my flavor. And that's OK. One of the wonderful things about the MCU, as we're seeing on, you know, in, in these in these series, is that it kind of gives something for everybody. Miss Marvel, I feel like, is an anomaly that so many people loved it. But there were still people that were like, I don't respond to this. This isn't really it, my thing. It actually has the highest critic rating of any yeah. Marvel property, exactly. any Marvel movie, any Marvel TV show. You know, I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier was 83%. Yeah. And that was... And I was lukewarm on that one. Exactly. I mean, that was one of the ones that we were like, you know, it was a service, but it wasn't, you know, breaking down any walls. And even Moon Knight is still coming in at, you know, in the mid 80s, maybe because it was only the first half of the show. Um, but so I feel like this is one of those things where you're either going to love it or it's just not going to be your piece, your, you know, your cup of tea. But I don't think the fact that it is already sitting so high means that regardless of whether it's your for you, it's going to be good. It's a good show. I gotta, you said you refresh it. How many critic ratings does it say it has? Um, so I click on. Oh, it's now. Oh, well, I just refreshed it. Oh, that's Moon Knight. Um, sorry. I'm typing on my little phone. Oh, she never mind. Never mind that. Because I'm, I'm just wondering how, how many, because I just refreshed and now it says, because before it was like a hundred and something critic ratings. Uh, now the one I have says 205 critic ratings at 88%. Really? I so, just refreshed and it says 83%. But I'm, I'm just, that's what I'm asking. What did it say? How many critic reviews? It doesn't you say on here. Okay. Yeah. So mine is now saying 200 and something and it's like at 88%. So anyway, it's going to, but regardless, it's going to fluctuate. And, and yeah. so, you know, it'll settle in, but either way, I'm excited about seeing it tonight and I'm very excited about talking about it tomorrow. Uh, should kind of be mentioned. Um, the penisless Virgin Brigade uh, has already predictably uh, started uh, review bombing. Uh -huh. People who have, by the way, people who have never seen the show, mm -hmm. people who have never watched She-Hulk uh, on IMDb, of course, uh, this is why I say fan rating stuff on anything where fans can just go in blindly and just submit a rating, regardless of whether they've seen something or not. It's kind of useless. But the penisless uh, Virgin Brigade has begun their assault, their review bombing of She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. uh, and on IMDb, there's a, almost a thousand uh, fake user reviews now of people who've never seen the show. And it's uh, at uh, 4.5 out of 10. Of course, this is these be clear, be clear. This is people who haven't seen the show. Uh, so the review bombing be has begun. The banner of the penisless warrior brigade has has begun. I don't Gorgon like things with girls in it. Yeah, I mean, girls I know. Girls me. Oh, what a pathetic swath of humanity they just are. It's a total sad way to spend your time on the internet when there's so I many know. cool things you could learn and do. No, they're just vile, toxic people who are going to have 
short lives. So it's fine. I'm not watching it anymore. I've decided. That's why you don't know. Yeah, that's totally bad, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about it? Now that the full reviews are out, it's it's more tempered now, but still a pretty strong rating in the mid 80s. What are you guys thinking? It comes out tonight. Today is game day. Are you guys looking forward to it? Are you going to be checking it out? Where are your expectation levels right now? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, we're now going to open up the Super Chats because it's time to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts, theories, opinions, or questions that you want us to address in the second half of the show? Super Chats are now open. You guys can start firing those in. Be quick, though, because we only leave the Super Chats open for a couple of minutes. Now, before we get to those, we're going to take another second and thank the sponsor of this video, our good friends, keeping me all nice and cozy at Manscaped. We want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. Now, guys, you know I love Manscaped. You've heard me go on and on about the Lawnmower 4.0 and mm, that body wash. I love it so much. And so we got to ask, guys, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing, gentlemen. And you guys know Manscaped is more than just one product. They have a whole lineup of products to help you guys feeling, smelling, and looking your best. And so Manscaped is proud to present to you the Performance Package 4.0, which is the only tool that you need to keep your boys looking, smelling, and feeling good this spring. Now, to start off with, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. Guys, we have talked about this. What is wrong with us? Why have we for so long been using these terrible tools that were never meant for cutting our hair down there? The razor clipper things on our electric razors. That's barbaric, guys. You need the Lawnmower 4.0. And then there's the Weed Whacker. You guys have heard our own Ray Aura talk about this thing. He loves using it to get that hair in your nose and the ear hair. And then they offer lots of other stuff like the Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver. It's a spray-on toner for your balls. And of course, they've got the perfect grooming tool for your face with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on that face. So guys, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CAMPIA. That's C-A-M-P-E-A at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code Campia at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. And thank you to our friends at Manscaped for keeping me nice, smooth, and shiny, and for being a sponsor of this episode of the John Campia it Show. Buffs it? Now that I've planted that image firmly in your head, you're welcome, America. Uh, let's get on and start. By the way, I just got uh, a friend of mine just texted me. I just got notified of something. I did not know this. But the writer and showrunner of She-Hulk, Jessica Gao, I did not know this. Now, I do not watch Rick and Morty. I watched the first season. wasn't for me. Much so, as Dennis Ann's chagrin. <laughs> yeah, too, which I know a lot of people. But apparently there is a, some kind of iconic episode called Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick! Pickle Rick! Apparently Jessica Gao is the writer of the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty. Yes. And yeah, she yes, is the one running things. So my, my friend just texted me, said the fact that Jessica ja uh, Gao Rope Pickle Rick is the main reason I'm so excited about She-Hulk. I had no idea Heck there was yeah. that connection. But now you know, knowing is half the battle. You got the reference. Yeah. I'm so impressed. Well done. All right, guys, with that down, let's get in and start hearing from you guys. We're going to start things off, of course, with our beloved channel members. So, Ray, what are our channel members right. saying? We got one from Cage Crampshee. He says, uh, just watched Emily the Criminal last night in theaters. 
Highly recommend it for any crime film fans. Aubrey Plaza's performance of her career, she was completely captivating. That's funny. Wow. My assistant Taylor came in this morning and said, I just watched this. So he watched it last night too, and he raved about it. He said, Emily it was the really Criminal? Great. Yeah. Yeah, with Aubrey Plaza. Our, it was funny because I only really know about this movie because my buddy Scott Mance just did the moderated the QA of the premiere I think of she it. She produced so. it too. What's that? I think she produced it too. Oh, that, I wouldn't be surprised by that. All right, what's next? Okay, we got one more by from Raymond Reddington. He says, Have any of you seen Line of Duty? Oh shit. Which the one British is television the... series? If it's the British television series, I have not. Yeah. No. Uh, line of duty. I'm thinking of something else. I've no. seen I've seen a couple episodes of it. My mom and my brother are super into British crime dramas. Um, that's what they watch together. And a friend of a friend's dad is one of the characters in that show too. Oh, wow. there you go. But yeah. I, no, I've not seen. Unfortunately. All right. With that down, let's get over to our super chat, shall we? So, Chris, what do we got? We are starting off with Rafael Castillo. Hi, Aaron. Hi. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> That's always a nice thing to say. Welcome yeah. to the day. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Raphael. From Blake62, a predator arrives on Earth to hunt the ultimate prey, Dom Toretto. Oh, God. <laughs> quickly realizes it's the one being hunted. Prey too. Fast prey. I, I am telling you. <laughs> Fast food. First of all, at Universal, if they're green light in RIPD2, there's somebody in that building that has come. What if we cross prey with Fast and the Furious? Mm -hmm. And of course... Dominic Toretto will beat the Predator. Well, no, seven Predators Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, with a crowbar and family. He's just going to do this. Yeah, and, and just throw all the Predators off, off and yeah. all that all that kind of stuff. Fast Prey sounds like a 70s exploitation film. Yeah, that also <laughs> sounds that sounds that way as well. Yep. Uh, I just got a, a, another member chat. Isaiah Ruiz says, John, can you tell me why there are rumors of the thing making a cameo in She-Hulk? No idea. Well, there's rumors for everything, so why I are there rumors? rumors? Yeah. Well, and Can't... also... All right, what's that's, next? That's a cameo that you don't have to cast. You can just have Ben walk by as the thing. Yeah, you can just have, like, <laughs> a CGI thing. Yeah. Later. Yeah. All right, uh, what's next? Drama 8. Hi, ladies and gents. On my lunch, got potato skins with sour cream, but mm. not on my mozzarella sticks. Mm. To each their own. You're all awesome. Love the show. I have, I'm not a fan of potato skins. Really? I'm actually, I, oddly enough, mm -hmm. I don't really like eating the potato. thickens. Like, even when I go to a breakfast place and they offer, like, a side of potato. like Home whatever, fries. Home fries, whatever. I tell them to hold that. Your I, I'm, palate I'm, baffles And what do you me. get it? What do you get in, in, in its place? Tomato slices? No, just no, usually nothing. No, like tomatoes either. Like, nothing? Yeah. They like, just want my omelet and, and English muffin, thank you. What yeah, goes no in, reason for it to go to waste because I'm not going to eat it. What's in your omelet? What do you uh, eat? Usually cheese, okay. sausage, ketchup. bacon. Ketchup. Ketchup. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely no okay. ketchup. Definitely not. We'll yeah, I never, I never, I feel like potato skins are kind of like whitewater rafting for me. Like the idea of it, I'm like, meh. They but once I'm up? in it, then oh. I'm, I, I'm, I'm actually enjoying myself. Man. I'll oh. never order potato skins. It sounds you... like your sex life, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's too much too. It's like, I mean, I wasn't, but I mean, then we're I here, so. I don't know what's wrong with I mean, panel. all right, oh, let's go. Awesome. Let's go. Come on. All right, what's next? From Daniel Kahn, game day. Game, game day. day. You guys rock. Bring on the filthy. Oh, thank you so much, Daniel. Appreciate that, man. Looking forward to She-Hulk tonight. All right, what's next? Um, You know what? We got to find Andy's part one. Here, no. Here we go. Okay. Damn it, Chris. The jig is up. I did indeed buy the CW with the 3K I saved up to oh pay John God. to watch four episodes of Riverdale. <laughs> I want to make John cringe, but... but... I got to make Archie break his friends out of mind control using his guitar and the power of family. 
family. Wait, what? JK. They literally oh. already did that in season six. No joke. Oh my God. Dang, Andy. Well, I hope you do really great things with the CW. What a sound purchase Here's you've the made. thing. The, with Andy writing in and telling us the, the real stuff that is happening in Riverdale, mm-hmm. at some point, he's going to be able to make up some just wild shit, and we wouldn't even know the difference no. at this point. Like, that's how ridiculous this yeah. is getting. Well, since you have the CW app, you know what else you can watch? You can watch Nancy Drew, which I will be recurring <laughs> on this season, as Chief P- Police Chief Felicia Lovett, the police chief of Horseshoe Bay. Ooh. Which That's is why right. I won't be here for the next two weeks because I'll be in Canada. Shooting what a Nancy plug. Drew. That was beautiful. Thank you. You're a pro. <laughs> you look like a police. You know what? It's when you play a cop, like even in like an all rise and stuff like that. When you play a cop, you, you just, it just works. You're yeah. able, you carry that kind of presence about you. I like it. I have a gravitas yeah. to myself. You have that yeah. gravitas. I yeah. do. All right. When I play a cop, people expect me to dance. It's not, <laughs> oh, it's not fun. I would pay money for that. Is, that the, is it the mustache? Is yeah, it's a porn stash. Yeah. It's the porn stash and the aviator glasses. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's next? From Sin Vendetta. Since I missed it yesterday, on a whim, I went to see Edge of Tomorrow in the theaters, nice. and it's probably the biggest pleasant surprise I've ever had watching a new movie. Incredible film. Yeah, we did our movie club yesterday on the my my favorite Tom Cruise movie, Edge of Tomorrow. Also the worst marketed movie in history, and one of the worst titles ever done, because mm-hmm. it sounds like a bad daytime soap opera. On the Edge of Tomorrow. When it had a perfectly great title, All You Need Is Kill. That was the name of the original comic. I mean, they mm-hmm. should have kept that. But yeah, the movie's fantastic. I'm so glad you had a chance to watch that because, man, they did not serve that movie well. Well, at one point, the tra- the posters made it look like the movie was called Live, Die, Repeat. Well, oh. no, and they have changed it yeah. to Live, Die, Repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. At least when I bought it on digital the other day to watch it again, and I paused it, when you know when you pause, the title comes mm-hmm. up, it said the title was Live, Die, Repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow. Like, it's just... They've so mismanaged this movie. It's incredible, but the movie is fantastic. All right, what's next? From Mr. Holtbrook. Have you guys caught the Apple Plus trailer for the greatest beer run ever? Looks <gasps> funny with some heart. Mm-hmm. No, Who but I remember when we talked about, it was, oh gosh, a long time ago yeah. when we talked about that they announced that movie and the premise of it sounds good, but I didn't know a trailer for it was out. Have any of you guys seen it? Mm-hmm. No, but I, I read the script it. and it is Awesome, because I auditioned. That's for it. why we talked about it. That's right, because you mm-hmm. auditioned for that. I auditioned for the movie, and um, I didn't get it, but I was like, "Holy crap, this this is great!" And if you have, you know what? Um, Paps Blue Ribbon PBR sponsored a um, like Paps Blue Ribbon presents the greatest beer run ever, and it's on YouTube. So after you finish watching the John Campia show, look up uh, greatest beer run ever, and it actually tells the story because this is this actually i do know for a fact is based on a true story that's right i remember that of a guy who somehow becomes like goes to vietnam during the vietnam war and finds it's like saving private ryan so he's looking for private ryan the entire time Efron's in this right yeah except the entire time he's not trying to save private ryan he's trying to bring him a six-pack of beer from i believe like brooklyn or staten island or queens or wherever he's from and so it's called the greatest beer run ever based on a true story of a guy who brings beer to his buddy who's currently fighting in the Vietnam War. Oh my God. It's such a great idea. It's crazy. Oh, but it's, so but it's true. And that's yeah. the craziest thing about it. So yeah, go check it out. And it actually has all the guys who were part of that. And they're like older now and they're sitting oh. at a bar and they're telling these crazy stories. I you know what that reminds me a lot of? Remember that comedy that came out with Ed Helms, John Hamm? Tag. Tag. That, like, that, that was based on a true story of, I don't know if you guys remember this movie. It was only a couple of years ago. It was based on the true story 
of this group of friends who have had an ongoing continuous game of tag for 30 years. Oh, right. And it's, it's pretty cool. And at the end of the movie, you get to actually see, they show you the image of where all these guys are now. It's pretty cool. Anyway. All right. What's next? From Casey Mack. Just like I said a few days ago, when you think a franchise is dead, it comes back from the dead. First it was saw. Now it's RIPD. What next? Wild, wild west. (laughs) Is it back from the dead? Is it? I don't, I don't know. I think this thing is going to be DOA. I think it's going to be dead on arrival. I, that's yeah, the sort of title they should have gone that's, with. That's right. R.I.P.D. 2 dead on arrival. It's like when you kill a chicken and you cut its head off, the body still flops still around a little bit. Around. I feel like it's just shaking. Even but it's after not 10 years, it still shakes. <sighs> All right. What's next? From James Argenta. Will House of Dragon after show be this Sunday after episode one airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific or Monday? It'll be on Mondays. It's it's Yeah, it's it's the day after. So it'll be on my. So like we don't watch you know, uh, Mandalorian or She-Hulk at midnight and then do the app show right away. We wait till the next day and we do it the next day. Yes, it will be on the Monday. All right, good question though. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw. I thought Christian and Rob Rob made some excellent points about Batgirl yesterday. While you may think it was the right decision, it was handled very poorly by Zoloff. Zoloff? Zoloff. Zoloff? And Amada. Directors deserved better. Part two. It's right up here. I found it. Do, 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 oh, there do, we do. go. Did you just pass? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what good is it to rule by fear and when you burn relationships along the way? That's not how to run a business or treat people. You have to be uh, blind. No, no, I'm not going to say that part. Okay. Well, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. It's business. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Like, 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 I'm sorry. Like, both Christian and Rob agree the movie needed to be canceled. If, if, if it's not a good movie and it doesn't represent your product and it's going to hurt the overall uh, reputation of the quality of your DC product, the right decisions to scrap it. So deal with it. Listen, um, sometimes in business, you need somebody at the head who can make things happen. And, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of like, I remember when the story came out that I think it was for the Mission Impossible movie. They were trying to make the Mission Impossible movie during COVID. And Tom Cruise. And, and, you know, things had been shut down a couple of times, which is costing millions of dollars a day and costing people their jobs and all this kind of stuff. And Tom Cruise found a couple of guys who had been warned previously about breaking the COVID protocols, and he found them breaking the protocols again. Again, threatening everybody's health, Mm -hmm. but threatening millions of dollars of the company's money and threatening people's jobs because they were just little dicks. And the story came out that Tom Cruise like whip, like just tongue lashed them. Like he, he gave them like a serious, like yelling at, and they totally deserved. They needed to be, he didn't mm-hmm. fire them. He didn't take their jobs away, but he yelled at them. And I remember so many people going, Oh no, no boohoo. Everybody has to be treated like dear little princess. I'm sorry. You just risked millions of dollars in people's jobs. You, you should be yelled at. It's, and this is business that they've realized the movie had to be cut. And listen, I understand it was unfortunate that, uh, a news outlet found out about the cancellation. It was, the, I believe it was the New York Times that was the first one that found out about it. So they found out about it. It got leaked to them. And then they released the information that the movie was getting canceled. And one of the directors found out while they were off getting married. <sighs> the two directors found out while they were off getting married. That sucks. I mean, that really, that totally sucks. But that, was, that wasn't WB's decision. Like WB decided today on the day of the director's wedding, we're going to announce that this movie got canceled. It, was, it got leaked to a news outlet and news outlet put it out. And that was unfortunate. 
But I don't understand what people mean by the way it's being done. What way? What way? The movie had to be, they had to pull the plug on the movie. So they pulled the plug on the movie. Like what way? I, and I just don't understand that mindset. Like, what do you think happened? Like, what do you think happened? Do you think David Zaslav kicked in the door of the directors of the movie, pulled out his dick, pissed all over their stuff and said, I'm canceling your movie. <laughs> like, do you think that's what happened? Like, what do you mean? Sort of. That way. <laughs> but and listen, a- <laughs> what everybody forgets this too, and I brought this up yesterday. You know, Christian mentioned like right around Warner Brothers right now, there's a lot of anxiety. A lot of people are kind of freaked out. Well, of course, because you're merging companies, there are going to be jobs lost. When Disney acquired Fox, did everybody forget all the stories that came out? Everybody at Fox and Disney were freaked out. They were terrified they were losing their jobs. Thousands of people did lose their jobs. That's just the reality of when companies merge. It it, it happens. And it's going to be like, and it stayed like that until everything settled. And it's going to be like that at Warner Brothers Discovery until everything settles. They did it with Fox Disney. That's what I mean. Like the Fox Disney thing, that's exactly what happened there. It it, it is what it is. That's the nature of the beast. So boo-hoo, the movie got canceled. But the movie wasn't good enough, pull the plug. And and that's what they did. That's what they needed to do. So good for them. But anyway. also, like, I mean, you bring up a good point about, you know, companies merging because, yes, people are going to lose your jobs. And that is always terrible. But do people get as up in arms when, like, what was it, Continental Airlines merged with uh, United or whatever airline they merged with? Mm-hmm. You know what? A lot of people from Continental lost their jobs. Some of them got to go into the new company, but a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people were asked to retire early. This happens every day whenever there's, you know, w- when Singular Wireless merged with AT&T. A lot of people lost their jobs. And yes, we all agree it's terrible for people to lose it their sucks. jobs. It totally sucks. 100%. No one's denying that. But, like, it's just weird. The only thing is... Hollywood just gets more publicity, you know, like do Hollywood marriages last less than the average marriage? No, it's just that you're not reading about, you know, your neighbors down the street getting a divorce. They just are, you know, but you're reading about every Hollywood couple getting divorced. That's why you know about it. And so I think that it just gets the attention because it's the thing that's getting, you know, the most headlines. It's the things that people are talking about because people feel like, oh, well, I know that. I know I watch the television shows. I watch the shows on that channel or on that streaming platform with that company. So I have a familiarity with it that I don't have with, say, Singular Wireless. Yeah. and, And again, like there is so much redundancy with HBO Max and HBO that, these are things, honestly, these are, are cuts that should have been made a year and a half ago, two mm-hmm. years ago. I, I mean, because there's so much redundancy between just HBO Max and HBO that, and yeah, a lot of people are losing jobs and it's horrible and it's terrible and it sucks, but it's the nature of, of the beast. Uh, can I just say one quick thing? Like, um, I think the question was more towards his method of doing things. I mean, but what, there's well, a, what there's, method? What method? I mean, there's 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 a part where yes, make the right decisions if it loses money, but there's also a, another part of business where it's like to keep the morale of your employees up. Yeah, but like how do you if, do that if like I'm if, if I'm terrified jobs? of the boss, I or like I if I'm getting like feel like I'm like not appreciate i will not go above and beyond like usually i do you know what i mean it's like one of those things it's kind of what, a, I mean, what there's but, like a balance of like but keeping your workers that, happy that wasn't what did he do that was or what was he supposed to do uh, like throw I, a party I, I, like are we hearing reports that he himself is berating his employees and talking down to him to, to them that's one thing if he is actually demoralizing people because he's a bad person well, and a bad boss and a mean boss that's different what 
and I haven't heard any of those reports. Yeah. The reports that I'm hearing is he's looking at the bottom line, which is what the head of a company is supposed to do and going, how can we maximize our profits and minimize our losses? And unfortunately, that comes with a lot of blood on the floor. But if he's I mean, if, if there are stories coming out that he's also just like running around terrorizing people, that's a different story. But that's not the story that we're hearing. So, you know, yes, it's probably demoralizing to go, am I going to have a job? But if you know that you that the job that you're doing is not redundant, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just it's it's not a great time to be working it's there. But really hopefully tough to be a, a CEO of anything, of anything, yeah. of any yeah. company, yeah. because so you have to be yeah. the person yeah. that, you, you know, the makes decisions. the hardest decisions. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Here's the good news is that this is all going to settle. Mm-hmm. And in a year or two or two or three, yeah, you know, we're it, they're going to come to hopefully a place where they go, OK, now we're operating in the margin mm-hmm. that we need to be working at. And now we're going to move forth and not be wasting money, but actually spending it where it counts, which is hopefully on the actual, <laughs> you know, hopefully that will trickle to the creative. And that's the key. We're, we're not going to know the answer for like two or three years, because that's literally how long it's going to take for us to really see and recognize what the what what the outcome of this is. And listen. If we get two or three years down the road and Warner Brothers is in a shambles, then we'll be able to look back in hindsight and say, well, this is where they made all their mistakes. At the same time, if we can flash forward two or three years and see that Warner Brothers and DC are in a much better place than they are today, then there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have to go, yeah, what he did was clearly the right thing to do because it worked. But again, we won't know the answer to that for a couple of years. All right, what's next? From Ryan Lawner, Wolfgang Peterson gave us one of the most legendary pre-killing one-liners. Get off my plane. I like to think his last words were, they look like good, strong hands, don't they? <laughs> he gave us so many great lines. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I already mentioned my favorite of his is Outbreak. So many great lines of that. Never-ending story. So many great outlines. Uh, obviously, Air Force One. So many great lines in that. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't like Poseidon all that much, but there were some pretty good lines in Poseidon as well. So, I mean, you're right. He gave us a lot of those. All right, what's next? From Josh Becker. Black Panther 2 should now move to November 4th to have more weekends. Um, It's going to have the same amount of weekends whenever it comes out. So I I don't know what does he means like holiday weekends holiday weekends maybe maybe uh, yeah because it's not going to be a limited release Remember, when yeah they, when it's they not planned, the McRib yeah when they plan their release <laughs> date the they put a lot of research it's into good. it already so I think they're probably gonna, they're going to be pretty good with where it's at let's see how how it uh, works out though all right what's next from Jedediah Elias Robert Downey Jr Ezra Miller maybe you know another great comeback story Kim Kardashian that is one that's <laughs> oh. a quote from one of the best outtakes in the oh. history of outtakes Chris yeah. Pratt's outtake of Parks uh. and Rec uh, that was one of the great things by the way let me let me address something here quickly uh, one of the things that frustrates me most doing this sort of job is when brainless twits use straw man arguments I, I hate that I hate that so much those you know what a straw man argument is is when you start arguing against something that no one ever actually said. So like, you know, somebody says, you know what? Um, I really like Coca-Cola. Well, I completely disagree with Aaron saying that Coca-Cola is the greatest beverage in the world. It's like, no, 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 no. She, she didn't say that. She said she liked Coca-Cola. It really drives me crazy. On yesterday's show, we talked a bit about the Ezra Miller situation. And we talked about how, A, They still have to be accountable for the things they did. Absolutely. And B, there are going to still be consequences legally and charges and all that kind of stuff that they are going to have to deal with. And there's allegations to be addressed. And Mm -hmm. and there could be more that gets uncovered. Mm -hmm. However, we have all been saying 
for a long time. Ezra Miller needs to make a, a statement and they need to go get help. And they did. So we said, okay, so that's a good thing. They still need to be held accountable, blah, blah. And then I get all these brainless twits jump on. It's like, how come we're just giving Ezra Miller a pass now? Fuck you. Where did we say that? Where did anybody say that? And people saying, I just can't believe now we're just, everybody's just willing to forgive Ezra Miller and give him a pass. It's like, where is anybody saying that? Nobody has said, like, I haven't seen any, not just in this studio, I haven't seen anybody on the planet say that. So it just, it just drives me crazy when I'm reading comments about people arguing against something that never actually was said or happened. Mm-hmm. And that really drives me crazy. It drives me so crazy. I want me to delete my comment, John. <laughs> but I think, but I, I think that that is part of where we are now is that you, any time that you want to give any sort of grace or compassion to anyone, there immediately is, why are you not wanting to burn this person at the stake? Like when I said, hey, you know what? Will Smith was one of the most incredible actors I've ever worked with in my career. And he clearly, it was a horrible, it was not a good thing that he did. However, he has had 30 years of good behavior and we have to take that into, people were like, how dare you say that he doesn't deserve to be, you know, murdered out in the street and blah. I mean, like, no, no, no. Like people are complicated. Okay. And I don't think, like, I don't agree with what Ezra Miller did. I don't agree with what Will Smith did. Yeah, and did. there are going to be consequences, and there should yeah, be consequences. And there, but that doesn't mean that we as a public have to essentially ostracize them and shoot them out of a t-shirt cannon onto another planet, okay? Like, let things play out the way that they're going to play out. Yeah, all, all that was said on our show yesterday was, it's good that they made a statement, and it's good that they're getting help. Yeah. Yeah. It's a first step. That's it. Exactly. No, I mean, we all, we all, we've, everybody, everybody has been saying that for a long, that something needs to be said and they need to get help. Okay. So that did happen. That's a good thing. Doesn't wipe out anything else. Yeah. They still got to face the consequences of their actions and they still need to be held accountable. Absolutely. But anyway, but I also think it's a little premature to start talking about an Ezra Miller comeback. No, yeah, no, no. that's yeah, that's that's way too far off. All right. What's next (laughs) from Casey Mack? Hey, John and crew. I've been hearing that She-Hulk is getting review bombed at IMDb. I really hate toxic fandom. Bunch of children review bombing a show they haven't seen yet. Yeah. I mean, look, we I, I talked about that a little bit before the other day. Like it's it just seems like. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to go off on a tangent on this one. But yeah, I completely agree with you. Obviously, I completely agree with you. All right. What's next? From South Texas Shark. Crazy idea. But what if a week before Smile comes out in theaters, we all change our pri- profile pictures to have a creepy ass smile? I know Chris and Aaron will love the idea. You know, they first showed, we saw our first teaser for Smile at CinemaCon, long before they put the trailer. And we were like, this this looks creepy. Oh god. This looks this looks pretty damn creepy. I, I don't know. Maybe the movie will be terrible. I don't know, but it looks creepy. And I know you guys creepy. were just about jumping out no, of your skin. I don't ever want to see this. But also, you think that we couldn't out creepy smile you? Two actresses who grew up in Texas having to smile and smirk at every misogynistic bullshit <laughs> thrown at us? That is okay, that's already making me uncomfortable. So yeah. 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 By the way, now that now that the TJCS theater is officially set up, we have to schedule a day for you two to come over and watch The Descent. Oh my gosh, my calendar's so full. Oh <laughs> gosh, I don't know. I'm, we gotta go to Can- I'm going to Canada. She's going to Canada. She's got a baby. I've, I, have, I have a dog. All right, what's two. next? <laughs> From SOMD Picker. Hyperion rumor, Henry Cavill. 
Henry Cavill was rumored to be cast in Hyperion. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> it's, I mean, look, Henry Cavill's a great actor. I'd love to see him in any role, but I, I don't think that's happening. I mean, it'd be cool, but I don't think so. All He's right, coming to Marvel, don't you think? If he doesn't get any more Man of Steel DC stuff, Marvel better work with him on something. Well, here's the thing. Uh, like, this is what everybody forgets. Even if he's still Superman, he can still do Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne was in Superman, Man of Steel, and, uh, and other DC movies as Perry White. And while he was shooting Ant-Man, too. So, I mean, like, like one doesn't... It's like people... Get, I have this idea in their head says it's like professional football. Well, if Tom Brady is playing on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he can't play on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, that's true in sports. But in movies, if Marvel wanted him to be in a, a Marvel movie and he wanted to be in a Marvel movie, there ain't nothing stopping him from being in a Marvel movie, even if they were making a Man of Steel 2. We so, don't have the studio system anymore. Yeah, yeah it's not it's not the locked, locked door system like it used to be many, many, many moons ago. All right, what's next? From Cutter Hale, so excited Amsterdam moved up, so pumped for this. Great. I am, I'll tell you what, Cutter, I'm... I'm actually really excited about this. The, the trailer was fantastic. You got such a bar, one of the best casts, maybe a top five or six best, most impressive cast lists of all time. Uh, it, it looks really good. Can I clarify something? Because sure. somebody said um, in the chat, but wasn't Elizabeth Olsen complaining that she felt that she was trapped with Marvel? There was a difference if you have a multiple picture deal. Like a lot of times if you, for a character, especially as iconic as wanda that's going to potentially be in a number of movies for your first movie they will sign you to like a four or seven picture deal so that they get first right of refusal before you can do other projects <laughs> yeah. however it depends on the size of the role if you are the title character they're going to do that if you are one of the main but for some of the um the, the it, not everyone has the same deal yeah, and her complaint was was not that being locked in didn't mean she wasn't permitted to do other movies. It's that her schedule, there, there were roles she had to turn down, not because yeah, she wasn't was, allowed to take yeah. those roles, but because there were windows of time that had to be mm -hmm. blocked off for Marvel movies. She still did other projects, mm -hmm. and those could have been DC projects, but it had to fit within the schedule, and that was the problem. All right, what's next? From Dr. Kepps, WB presents Career Suicide Squad featuring Ezra Miller, Amber Heard, and Will Smith. <laughs> But listen, I the Will Smith. Stuff. I don't. That's not career suicide. No, no. I, it's a. It's it is a. It is a blight on his career that will he will never. That will never not be a thing for him, unfortunately. But as far as career suicide, let's not let's not conflate Will Smith with what has happened with Amber Heard and Ezra Miller. I think that those are very, very, very different stories. Yeah, Nelson. What what Will Smith did was stupid, and there needed to be consequences. And guess what? There have been. And then once those consequences are dealt with, he's going to be able to move on. 100%. And he absolutely will move on. Yes. And, and have a continue to have a great thriving career and to be able to put uh, this behind him. But you're right. The, the, the stigma that will always be there. I mean, sure. that's not something he's ever going to be able to live down at this point. Because it was such an, an, a, a momentous occasion and a moment that he had worked his entire career for. And trust me. I don't think that there's anybody on the planet that is less, that is more disappointed in that moment than himself. All right, what's next? From Casey Mack, why does uh, why is September so busy? She-Hulk, Rings of Power, House of Dragons, Andor, and I know you aren't excited about it, John, but Cobra Kai is going to be back in September. <laughs> Cobra Kai. Uh, <laughs> I am like the one person on the planet. I, you know what's so funny about Cobra Kai? I was one of the most excited people for that show. The, the, the concept of it was so great. 
And I it was great enthusiasm. I sat down to watch the first four episodes and I'm like, I tap out. I, mm. I, I can't do it. But my wife loves that show. And loves that show really most people i actually most people i know really love it like really really love it so i really wish i did too but yeah i just that is really good to know so marty cove martin cove who played like the original you know bad guy on the in the movie um his he's his son jesse cove is one of tom's good friends they just really? went and played golf recently Aww. so i might have to get jesse to do a little because he's on the show he plays like i guess the douchebag du jour and uh maybe i'll have to get him to record a little video for ann all right what's next from mr hank dunn we hear christians now i want to hear chris's arnold no we that's heard, all right oh. we're, we're, we're moving beyond <laughs> yeah. that hank all right what's next groovy movies we haven't gotten any update on the green lantern show in like three years is it even going to happen at this point uh actually there there was a little bit of an update that came out just a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. that the, the showrunner and the writer saying, no, we're still hammering on the script. We're still working on it. We're still developing it and all that kind of stuff. So there was a bit of an update on that. So again, three years. How long has it taken for the Flash film to come out? Or Black Adam yeah. or whatever. Black Adam yeah, was so, announced when I was born. Yeah. So don't, don't, I wouldn't fret about it. I wouldn't uh, worry uh, about it too much right and now. And they just released an animated movie to, to, you know, if you like those uh, DC animated movies like I, didn't I do. I know there was a new animated yeah, movie. It's like the, Ooh. Uh, yeah. I forgot the title of it, but. All right. What's next? From Suthius, fascinating to me that Ryan the Last Dragon has inspirations from various Asian cultures. The clothing, the architecture, the difference in facial features. Raya's dad ba is Vietnamese for dad. Oh, wow. oh I, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I like that movie. I love that movie. I Now, I was more interested because at that same D23 where they announced She-Hulk and everything, like they had the woman who was directing it come out and give this huge heartfelt story about how her grandmother raised her and, and like would dress up as Disney princesses. And he's like, and she told the story, but I wish my grandma was here to see that I'm directing oh. the next Disney film. Oh. And then shortly after they pulled her off the movie. I know. It's so <laughs> and they, sad. And then they pulled the lead voice girl out of the movie and they replaced that. And then they changed some of the things. So I, I admit I lost a lot of my enthusiasm for the movie, but when it did come out, I was like, you know what? That, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I didn't, it's not in my top 10 favorite animated films of all time, but it was a pretty solid little movie. All right. What's next? From, oh. Oh, we did that one. Yeah. There. From Josh Becker. Do you think Avatar 2 will have a 45-day window? No chance. No chance they're going to do a 45-day window on direct that. streaming. Like, I mean, I can't give you an ironclad guarantee about that. Obviously, I can't. But, I mean, let's just say I'll be shocked. So it's not impossible, but I will be very, very, very surprised if Avatar had a 45-day window. It'll, it'll be more than that, I believe. All right, what's next? From, uh. RZ Jones 18, some support. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, RZ. Victor Garrity. I love Superman Returns. It's a great Kal-El flick, not just the best Superman flick. I'd love to hear you do a movie club on this. No, we won't be. No, we generally do movie clubs on movies that generally everybody agrees is really a great movie and we all just want to get together and talk about it. Superman Returns is not one of those. I, I'm kind of like you. I like Superman Returns. I think it's a very, very good character study of like a god man and, and what does that mean for somebody i just didn't think it was a very good comic book movie you know when the big conflict and the big fight is superman versus a falling plane that's that's an issue you know it, it that becomes a little bit of a problem and but i still thought it was a very good movie just not a great comic book movie so yeah I, I totally see where you're coming from on that i do all right what's next 
from Harv's K. Anointed new Scream Queen Jenna Ortega is having an amazing year. Scream X Wednesday and the Fallout, where she plays a school shooting survivor. Ooh, wait a minute, that's her in X. That's what I said before. I, yeah. I thought you were talking about something else. No. I hated that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know what? Sorry, but know but to that. the movie's defense, like I sat through more than half of it. I'm like, this is, I I didn't like it at all. So I left. And people, everybody told me, you know, it really picked up after that. So I mean, at some point, but oh, wow, really? Because she doesn't look like a child in X. I would hope not. She looks like a child here. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm looking, She's I 20 years how, old. I, she does. How old? She's 20. She look, look at that Wednesday trailer again. That does not yeah. look like that. That looks but like if a 13 year old girl. you see her like on red, the red carpet, she doesn't look like that. Yeah. It's a crazy transformation. But wow. They do the, a good job of making her look like a child. But look at in Stranger Things. They're like 24. They're not really 24. Uh, some of them are One not two children. Of them might be like, how old is uh, what's her name? Is eighteen or nineteen now? Millie Bobby Brown is yeah. eighteen. Uh, Gaten just turned twenty. I the believe. little red-haired girl is uh, she's twenty. Is Sammy's she 20? twenty? Yeah, crazy. But I mean, we're getting some Gabrielle Cartieras and Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero vibes on the, the red carpet. Yeah, that Wednesday trailer. They really do make her look like a child. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, like I gotta recalibrate my head here. That's crazy. The job they did on that. All right, what's next? From El Leonardo. Days ago, I read that The Witcher Blood Origin is getting an overhaul. More Yaskier, fewer episodes. Oh, I like one of those things. I haven't heard <laughs> that. I like More Yaskier. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying what you're. I'm not saying with a, that you're giving us wrong information. I'm just saying I haven't heard that myself. Yeah. Have you? I have not heard that. Okay. Well, I'll keep our eyes open yeah. for it. All right. What's next? From William Bangs. Hey, John. Thanks for correcting my typo yesterday. Also, what's the music credit for the John Campia show? Finally, what's wrong with Mary Poppins Return? Yeah, it's not a good movie. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, if you if you were watching me back then, I was very excited for that movie. I thought I serious. I thought Mary Poppins was going to be the shit. I thought it was going to be so good. I thought the trailers were fantastic. You had Emily Blunt in it. You had uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda in there who was killing it, taking over the Dick Van Dyke role. Dick Van Dyke makes an appearance. I mean, I really thought that movie, I thought it was going to be, and I came out of it going, hmm, that ain't it. <laughs> that, that ain't it. That's too bad. Um, I can't remember what the music credit is, to be honest with you. I just like, the opening music for the John Campus show is, is literally just licensed music. I, I just licensed some music. I can't even remember what the credit on is, to be honest with you. All right, what's next? From Irene Jobson, I'm fangirling. Aaron said my name. Hi. <laughs> I love Hi, Irene. you, of course. <laughs> Hi, Irene. 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 Come Irene. on, Irene. Oh, I've, never knew that, I've never known any of the lyrics to that song after that. Everything. That's it. Something, something, dress. Verge on dirt. Blah, 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 blah. Come on, Irene. Yep. I don't know 80% of the lyrics. Come on, Irene. We need to move on. What's next? Demonetize. Daniel Kahn. Chris going to frame Ezra three times to prove her theory. Oh, yeah. That it doesn't actually exist. I don't need to do anything. I just need to sit back, baby. All right. What's next? From Al Renshaw. We did this one. Connor Drain. What did you think? What do you think about a sequel to Black Phone? I, I, I don't. I mean, it's it's a it's a concept that it's a concept for a movie that really does just play itself out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it did. It does beautifully. It plays itself out perfectly. But just to go back and just do it again, like many movies open doors and there are kind of neat avenues you could go down later if you want to. But I think Black Phone very much is a very 
self-sealed, self-contained concept. I, I don't see how you do a sequel, do you? No. And you I mean, really liked it. You were freaked the hell out yeah, about I mean, it, but no, you thought it, it was a really it good movie. It was a really yeah. good movie, but yeah, I mean, this might be one of those R.I.P.D. 2 kind of things where I'm sure that someone probably will do a sequel, but it, I mean, well, first of all, you can't have any of the original people probably unless it's a, like the kid comes back. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where it just doesn't need to be a sequel. Just come up with a new idea. <laughs> Yoko Plutz in the live chat says, white phone. There it is. There's the <laughs> sequel, white phone. Right. All right, what's next? From Jedediah Elias, don't think it's unreasonable to say Deadpool might have a cameo in She-Hulk. His place in the MCU is the next major step for Feige, aside from one of three. Ooh. I uh, found the uh, part two. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. um, from Bringing in Mutants. One, Ms. Marvel brought them into a Disney Plus show, and we never saw it coming. Two, Tatiana apparently breaks the fourth wall, and Deadpool sure knows how to do that. Did he ever get the... Oh, there we go. Okay. How does Deadpool... Three, how does Deadpool play into the next phase of MCU, if at all? Maybe a cameo or post credit scene happens in episode five or six. I, uh, I don't see it at all. I, I don't see it at all. Um, I mean, look, is it possible? Of course, it's absolutely possible. Tobey Maguire, it's possible, could cameo in that. I just do not see them bringing Deadpool, a billion-dollar franchise character, mm -hmm. in on a Disney Plus show. Mm -mm. I, I just don't see them doing it. Um so uh, would it be very fun? Yes. Would it be cool? Would I be excited to see it? Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know. I suppose I could write to the owner of Mint Mobile and find out. But <laughs> I, but I honest, honestly, I would be, nah. Yeah, I'm not even going to say I'm shocked. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. I mean, I'd be very happy if it did. But no, it's not. they're not going to bring a billion-dollar movie franchise character and introduce them into the MCU on a Disney Plus sitcom show. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't see it happening. All right, what's next? From CJ Rebirth. Loved Bullet Train, Justice for Tangerine. Rewatched <laughs> E.T. and IMAX, and wow, still one of the best movies ever. I'll be right here. I also liked Fall. I, you know, E.T., that, that real, I know there are a bunch of people who hate the idea of sequels, but that is a movie that they should do a sequel to. You know, we're just talking about thinking, you know, something self-contained, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, ever since that Super Bowl commercial where Elliot is now an adult and has children of his own. And like E.T. comes back to see him and what happens as a result of that? Why does E.T. come? Like, it just opens the avenue. You blend the nostalgia with modern technology and modern effects and all that kind of stuff. It prints its own money. I, I honestly think the only reason it doesn't happen, I think Steven Spielberg is just like hardlining and saying, no, no more E.T., but God, I would give a lot to see that sequel. Mm -hmm. So Top Gun came out in 86. Yes. And you said it's way too late for yeah, a did. sequel. And look e. what happened. E.T. came out in 82, but we're ready. I mean, but look what happened. I mean, I, hey, I said, yeah. I, was, I, I agree. I, I hear that's you. That's what I mean. I, like, I thought, I, I like, I talk about this all the time. I I really thought for a long time that the Top Gun sequel was not five years too late. It was 20 years too late. And I still thought it would do well, but I thought it was too little too late. And like, look, what then we saw the first 18 minutes at yeah. CinemaCon a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. 
That was really damn good. I think, and then we saw the full thing at CinemaCon. So that has kind of proved that, yeah, something like an ET, you could do it. Plus, as ET, long as Tom Cruise is involved. Well, I mean, maybe well, that's the thing. Tom Cruise. You're not gonna like this. Go gets on a fly. Tom Cruise <laughs> rides a rocket ship to the planet where ET is, brings ET back. But and you're not gonna like this part. But ET is way more culturally relevant than Top Gun. Like oh, and yeah. ET has, has had far more of a long-term, long-lasting place in pop culture awareness. So, I mean, I, I think they've yeah, been their own money. I think this is an $800, $900 million movie easy. Oh, my God. Wookie Fodder just said ET black phone. <laughs> I'm sorry. That... That's pretty good. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Let's keep going here. What's next? From Trevor. Two of my favorite directors are coming out with a movie next year with Chris Nolan's Oppenheimer yeah. and Dennis, uh, Denis V's Dune Part 2. Which of the two are you more excited about? Bring on the field. Dune Part 2, easy. Oppenheimer, easy. Oppenheimer. Oh. Uh, Oppenheimer. I mean, I, I'm super... Don't get me wrong. I am super excited about them both. But... Dune Part 1 was one of the best films of the year. It won the most Academy Awards out of any film that year. It was mind-blowing. Like, And my wife, Anne, had never seen or read anything about Dune. She just sat down and watched that movie. She goes, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and now to watch the second half of that, that's why, to me, I'm most anticipated because we haven't seen the second half. That was the first half of the story. Now we see the second half. So, yeah, I'm easily more excited about that. Now, obviously, Christopher Nolan, one of the greatest filmmakers of our age, doing such an important, great, true life story about Oppenheimer. With Killian Murphy. Super excited mm -hmm. about it. With super Killian excited Murphy. about it, but definitely more excited for for uh, Dune Part 2, but you guys feel differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm Why? really excited about it. Well, American Prometheus, which the film is based on a lot of, is right. a really, really interesting read. I just think this whole atomic bomb story is fascinating and terrifying, and I'm very, very interested in what Nolan's going to do with it, especially yeah. with that cast. Yeah, I, I uh, if you have not if you have not seen the entirety of Peaky Blinders, it is such an incredible series. And Killian Murphy, I, I'm ready for him to get his Oscar. I really am. So good. And I feel like Oppenheimer might be the one. All right, what's next? From Victor Garrity, if you could cast your pets in a talking animal remake of a classic film, what would they best fit in? Personally, my cat would make a great Zoolander Hansel. Yeah, I have nothing for this. <laughs> Aaron's know. like, I've been waiting for this question. I know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like um, Joey Bishop would be so good in Pretty Woman because, I mean, I rescued her from a crack house. And I'm not using that as a euphemism. Literally, I rescued her from a crack house. And so I feel like I am her Richard Gere. And she is my, I don't have sex with my dog, actually. <laughs> sorry. 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 Um, I'm gonna wow. have to think about it. I don't know. What? You well, know, because... you know, you know what Joey Bishop would be in. What? Joey Bishop would be the dude. Uh, oh yes, because he's yes, yes. he would totally Joey be the dude. Be like, so hey guys, so chill. Joey Bishop yeah. would be the You know, what Lily dude. would be right. What's that? Uh, the Devil Wears Prada. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 the boss. The yeah, boss lady. Who who played her again? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yeah, mm -hmm. she totally I put would my be. Uh, I put my cats in the right stuff. Mainly because oh, I want to see them as astronauts. I so. put my cats in the usual suspects. <laughs> Dirty rotten scoundrels. Gimli would be Michael Caine and Trico would be Steve Martin. There you go. I, I like that by the way, one of my favorite comedies. So ever. good. All right, what's next? From Big Cookie. Bodies, bodies, bodies is great. Shake my head, Taylor. Taylor just walked back in. Yeah, he just walked back in. Yeah, Apparently I, your opinion's wrong, it's what, I, I Everybody said it was good, and then Taylor saw and said, no, it was terrible. So I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. All right, what's next? After oh. you said big cookie, that's all I thought about. I didn't even <laughs> hear the question at same, all. Same, <laughs> same. 
All right, what's next? From Jamie Sundays, I'm going to New York next week. Anything <gasps> movie-related I should check out? Not into theater stuff. Oh, go see the actual Ghostbusters firehouse. That's so fun. You just walk by it. You gotta like see it. Times Square. You gotta yeah, see Times Square. Yeah, and then get out of there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, get in and get out, yeah. I like for me, I'm the wrong guy. I don't like New York City. So, yeah, I actually I turned down a TV it. show because I didn't want to have to go to New York City a couple times a month. S sniff some of yeah. that uh, subway urine. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah, don't have a sense bad. of smell, New York is a fine place. <laughs> I thrive there. I lived in New York. I that's where Tom and I met. That's right. Yeah. Yes. He proposed in Central Park under a weeping willow tree near Bethesda. Well, Fountain. that's just beautiful. Yes, definitely go to Bethesda Fountain. Like, that's just an iconic spot. And uh, the Plaza Hotel, lots of movies have yes, been filmed at the Plaza. Absolutely. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Lorenzo Ramos, how did Ray build his mobile Xbox? Very carefully. <laughs> yeah, so what, that, you, that didn't just come like that, right? Like, you assembled that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was just a monitor. It was a little expensive, but I had some gift cards, and that's it. Just attach the monitor, find the shortest cords you can that will attach in the back. And it's mobile right there. He's That's got the it. world's biggest Game Boy, basically. So he's yeah. literally got an, what, what is, an Xbox what? Uh, it's a, a Xbox Series S. Right. So the it's one the one I'm actually He's got a monitor Anakin. that he's attached to it. So he literally can walk it's, around with his own game console. It's like a laptop. Just plug it in. You just need a plug and a Wi-Fi. <laughs> All right. What's next? From uh, Blake62, ex-actor, ex-role, I know. But if Jackman isn't Wolverine, how about Eccles? Come on. He's got the voice and swag to pull it off. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. He, he could be one of them. Yep. He, yeah. I mean, again, there's probably about a good 20 or 30 actors that they could announce that'll go, yeah, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Jensen Ackles would certainly be one of them. Yeah, mm -hmm. no doubt. Mm -hmm. Christopher Walken. I mean, I mean, I think I'd be more excited for, um, I mean, Louise I Louise Guzman. Rob <laughs> yes. would be really excited for, uh, he wants Taryn Egerton. Taryn Egerton. Yeah, me too. I, want, I still think Zach Afron would I want actually Daniel Radcliffe. Good. Daniel Radcliffe could be pretty cool for Eccles it. Eccles could actually be the Watcher with his voice. Who? Oh, the Jeff Watcher. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like... <laughs> just, well, and if I you could. want the longevity of the character, Eccles is in his 40s already, so mm -hmm. that might be a factor. He doesn't look it. He obviously trained really well for But he could probably play for 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, do it for 10 yeah, years. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Anubis Genocide. Hi, crew. Have you seen the new trailer for the greatest beer run ever? I'm yep. intrigued. Give me tag, but non-vibes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, we're just, we were just talking about that same comparison. So obviously, yeah, we talked about that just a few minutes ago. It's su based on such a great story. And yeah, the comparison to tag is very applicable. All right, what's next? From Jack uh, Fustenberg. Love the work you guys do. Thank you. Really appreciate your dedication to accuracy. Can't say the same for many entertainment sites these days. Keep it up. Well, I mean, look, we, we just do the best we can. You know, we, we, do, we do the best we can. We, we try to make sure we get our information from the most reliable places that we can. When something is, is rumor, we mention it's rumor. When the, something needs to be taken with a grain of salt, we try to emphasize you need to take it with a grain of salt. Um, and yeah, we, we just do the best we can. Like I, I know sometimes I, I get, we'll do a story on something that's in like variety or whatever. And then it doesn't work out. So like, well, John, you said that this, I said, no, we said that variety was reporting that and everybody <laughs> in the world thought it at the time, but it didn't turn out to be what I mean, it happened. So we'll, we'll never, ever, ever be hundred percent. We will never be that, but we will always do the best that we can to try to make sure like to try to make sure we're not spreading confusion or disinformation amongst the fan base and try to make sure we're given as accurate information as we can to always be clear when we're speculating and to be very clear when we are actually reporting 
facts because a lot of people forget those are two different things. So we always try to be clear about it. Again, we'll never be 100% successful. We will make mistakes, but we will always do the best that we can. So thank you for your kind comments. All right, what's next? From My Comic Planet, John, I'm in the market for a new projector and screen. Would you recommend the new one you're using? I'm trying to avoid the dreaded rainbow effect that these UST projectors have. Pros and cons? I'll tell you what, the UST, the uh, the uh, short throw projector, I've, I high sense was kind enough to send me, that's what my whole theater is built around, is this high sense short throw projector. For those of you who don't know what that is, a short throw projector is like, let's say this uh, delicious uh, aviation gin is the short throw projector, my hand is the wall. Most projectors you set up somewhere a distance from the wall and then it projects onto it. Short throw projectors, you actually put up right against the wall like just a couple of inches, maybe two or three inches off the wall. And it sends up its image like this and it fills your screen. I just got to tell you, man, this one that I have, I'm not going to say it's the best in the world, but it's the best I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, this high sense short throw projector is fantastic. And I absolutely love it. They're not cheap. I think the one I have, which again, I was lucky enough that I got it for free, but it runs around four grand. So, I mean, it's not cheap. And then I bought like an $800 screen that is made for uh, ambient light rejection and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's not a white screen. It's actually like a gray screen Ooh. to bring out more color accuracy. So I, I did, I broke the bank a little bit, but I figured if I got a $4,000 projector, I'll yeah. spend 800 bucks for a good screen. Um, but uh, listen, it's cost prohibitive. It is cost prohibitive. But if you've got the money that you've set aside for that and that's your project, I, I really do highly recommend the Hisense one. It's really, really good. All right, what's next? From Hammy Reacts. Watched Prey and Bullet Train last week. Both great. Nice. Longtime fan. Can we get more Harloff? Love everything you do and being in the community. Um, probably not. I mean, I think once in a while, once in a long while, but the reality is Christian has his own YouTube channel that he does. <laughs> so that that takes up all of his time and it's a good hour drive for him to get out here to the studio so i don't think it's going to be very often but but definitely be every now and again all right what's next from casey mac i could be wrong but i don't think you talked about this what are your thoughts on viola davis being cast as the villain in the hunger games prequel the ballad of songbirds and snakes yeah i saw that this morning um well listen she's a I know nothing about the story of Songbird and Snakes, Songbirds and Snakes. I have no knowledge about it at all, other than it takes, what, 40 or 50 years before the events of the Hunger Games movies. Other than that, I have no idea. She is a world-class actress. And whenever you add a world-class performer to a project, that's nothing but good for the project. So, I mean, it certainly puts this new Hunger Games movie a little bit higher on the to-watch board. Absolutely, when you've got her. What do you guys think about her addition to this? Oh, it, talent is always a good idea. And she's incredible. She's incredible in everything she does. She got an Oscar nomination for five minutes of a movie. Like, yeah. she's brilliant. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Viola Davis is, I mean, really one of the greatest actresses who is working today. Absolutely. And the way that she can transport, her, uh, uh, she can cross multiple mediums, whether she's doing um, How to Get Away with Murder or she's doing a feature film or she's doing, you know, the, the film Fences based on a play, which still had that um, stage play depth when she and Denzel Washington did that together. And, you know, she's also joining some, I mean, she's joining Peter Dinklage in this, 
also someone who is constantly, uh, I mean, well, I think there was one recent move that he did that I was like, ouch. But, you know, really responding to, he really responds to strong material out there. Funny story, um, I actually auditioned for How to Get Away with Murder. This is one of those fun little things. My agent sent me on the audition, so I thought I actually had a snowball's chance in hell of getting it. And they were like, yeah, it's not going to go further. And I go, no, this is my role. This is my role. I know it is. And they go, actually, it's Viola Davis's role. So, <gasps> yeah, I was like, well, you're correct. Well, if they were <laughs> offering it to her, why did I even waste my time auditioning for it? Those are always the weirdest ones, right? When you're like, oh, it went to them? Cool. Oh, yeah. Like every time I've been like, you hired Aubrey Plaza? Why was I in the conversation at all? Yeah, I auditioned for one movie and my agent was like, can you sing? And I go, ish. And he goes, oh, yeah, they're not really looking for a great singer for this. The movie comes out. They give it to Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, just looking for <laughs> someone who can barely hold a tone. You know. All right. What's next? <laughs> From Carlos, hear me out. James McAvoy is the next James Bond. To me, he checks all the boxes. He's 42. Daniel Craig was 39 when Casino Royal was made. Love y'all. That, that's the criteria? That, <laughs> Those that, are the boxes you got to check. Okay, here we yeah. go. He's James Bond. Why? He's 42. He's 42. Yeah, okay. he's the right age. The answer to all of the universal <laughs> like, questions. I mean, listen, James McAvoy is, a, is an incredible actor. He's great. And if they announced tomorrow that James McAvoy was going to be Bond, I wouldn't blink. I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah, all right. But, I, <laughs> okay, hear me out. James McAvoy's Bond. All right. I'm listening. He's 42. Oh, sold. Whoa, wait. Hold the phone. Do yeah. you work for Universal? <laughs> <laughs> We're just busting your balls, man. We're yeah. busting your balls a little bit here. All right, what's next? I would like him in that role, actually. I think he'd be cute. Uh, Victor5001 saw Wakanda Forever trailer in IMAX before Nope. Looked fantastic on the big screen. Oh, I bet. It, it looks fantastic on a phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it, that trailer is such a well-put-together trailer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, really, when you go back and go over it, like, I know, of course, I did a documentary on trailers. So I had the opportunity to meet like and sit down like with one of the most iconic award-winning trailer houses in the world and and go over their process with them and everything. And it is really an art. It is a, the people who make trailers well, it's an art. Mm -hmm. And when you watch that trailer, it is so well-crafted, so well-edited, so well-paced, the right music touches here and there. It's such a great trailer. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw, every time someone writes in about the movement, I picture John as Palpatine saying, excellent, I love it when a plan comes together. Wait, why would he say that as Palpatine? Uh, <laughs> hashtag Monson Sour Cream. Yeah, see, that's Hannibal uh, from, from the A-Team. A-team. Yes. We, we need to give you a cigar to be chomping on. I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah! <laughs> no, yeah, no, that you're thinking of A-Team. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, I mean, whenever I hear that people are joining the movement of Having sour cream with their matzo sticks what? is a good day for the world. Yes. Yep. Uh, you missed a lot around here. We'll just move on. Yep. Every day Let's it just happens keep going here. Italian cries. And more and more people writing in to say they're trying it and they're shocked that it is awesome. Uh, Damn right it is. It's just in. People are trying it. <laughs> All right. And <laughs> loving it. All right, what's next? My Comic Planet. Variety ranked the top 30 A24 movies in celebration of their 10-year anniversary. What's your favorite A24 film? Mine is Good Time and Ex Machina. Those are two great ones. But I can't remember if I've ever had an A24 film as my number one film of the year until this year. And that's everything, everywhere, all at once. So, I mean, they've got a long list of some really great films. But for me, that's my... Do you have a particular favorite one off the top of your head? I mean, it currently is everything, everywhere, all at once. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, S Machina is great. Good Times yeah. is great. Uh, they've done a whole slew Moonlight, of Ghost, Uncut Gems, uh, Uncut Gems, uh, anyway. Room. All right, what's next? From James Wheeler, who sends an a twenty dollars well, super thank chat. You, James. Thank you. My favorite uh, Peterson movie is Das Boot, but I definitely have a place in my heart for the Neverending Story. It was the first movie I saw by myself in the theater. It's. I mean, everybody remembers the movie. Like everybody, I don't know that everybody remembers where they were when they first saw it, but everybody who's of the right age remembers that movie. Yeah. When you see Falcor's The Wish Dragon, like even uh, Family Guy has done spoofs on it mm -hmm. several times, but a Treyu and like, and then the girl shows up at the end, and like, it's just it's it's a magical movie. Mm -hmm. it really, I mean, it's not Princess Bride, but it's it's a magical movie. And to see that that guy then went on to do some like iconic films after that, that wasn't, he never really went back into the fantasy genre after that, which is really weird. But yeah, that was a great one. All right, what's next? From Andy, gonna sleep at 6 p.m. and wake up around 2 a.m. to watch She-Hulk to avoid spoilers. <laughs> I'm not exactly hyped for it, but I'm hoping to be surprised. Well, see, here's the thing. While this is just a kind of sitcom-y kind of show, the one thing we are hearing from everybody is that it is loaded with cameos and surprises. So this will, oddly enough, be one of those shows where you're going to have to be careful to, to try to avoid some of that stuff. So it's probably a good plan, man. All right, what's next? From Attack of the Mushi, Koi Jianru, Real Rejects, has the perfect quote regarding She-Hulk discourse. It's not anti-men, it's anti-asshole. Say it louder for the back. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, a bit, I, I can't comment on that at all because I haven't seen the show. So until I see the show, I'll have to keep an eye on that. But that can be true of a lot of different things that I have seen um, that like when there's a male character in it, who's a total dickweed yeah. people go, that thing was anti-men. It's like, no, it was no. anti-dickweed. It was unless like, you that relate that to person that man, was a really bad person. <laughs> right. That anyway. Yeah. It's like nobody said like uh, devil wears Prada was anti-women, mm -hmm. but uh, anyway. All right. What's next from Terry McGinnis for Chris. Hi. There's a podcast called We Hear Voices, hosted by Christy Carlson Romano and Will Friedle. They interview voice actors. Maybe they'll get a Chris Carr level voice actor on the show someday. Maybe I will be a Christy Carlson Romano, Will Friedle level uh, voice actor one day. Now, this may be a silly question. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with either of those two people? I'm familiar with both the of them and the podcast. Okay, cool. So both of them were on the show Kim Possible. Um, mm. Will Friedle also was the voice of Terry McGinnis from your favorite show, Batman Beyond. <laughs> um, he's a wonderful, wonderful voice actor. Incredible on-camera actor, too. He was on Boy Meets World. I love him very, very much. And their podcast is really delightful, interviewing different voice actors. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. I like that. All right, what's next? From My Love for Movies, your buddy Dan Murrell did not like She-Hulk. He said the comedy was not funny at all and the show seemed cheap. A lot of the critics I saw said the fourth wall meta humor didn't feel earned. Well, I mean, listen, I, I don't, I'll never understand people who write in and say, this one critic liked this or this one critic didn't. Guess what? It, it, I mean, that's fine. It, who cares? There's a reason it got a B, 85, and not 100. Yeah, I mean, like, like, obviously like not everyone loves everything, and yeah. not, not everyone... everybody loves everything. It's like, well, this one critic said this. Okay, well, there's 50 others who said something else. It all comes down to personal I taste. didn't like, um, uh, the, I don't like uh, Cobra Kai. Well, John Kirby says, okay, that's fine. Good. I, I'm one voice, but there's a hell of a lot of people who do like Cobra Kai. So I, I don't, okay, how, great. One person doesn't like something. How come sometimes- I might not like it too either, by the way. Just, you know. How come sometimes it feels like people are saying that because they think you won't be friends anymore just because someone- <laughs> You yeah, know I what know. I mean? Everyone needs I to watch. Well, that's childish. Everyone needs to watch. 
it for themselves no matter what the Look, reviews the, are the bottom figure line it out is, yourself you know what i mean that's the best critic is yourself a large large majority and hey listen i am in the minority often like i just i'm talking about cobra kai i'm in the minority on that right so the large large majority like cobra kai the large large majority really like this show now i don't know if i'm going to be part of that or not like i'm going to watch it tonight because you know i thought i was going to love boba fett um so i don't know if i'm gonna be part of that or not but i mean the idea of like well i read one one critic said this well okay well that's what that one critic thought there are a, listen for all of us there are movies you love that you're gonna find people who hate it yeah there are movies you hate where you're gonna find people that like it i mean i i don't really know what the point is of saying one person said this about this one thing it's like okay it's just like dating not everyone's for you and not everyone should be I, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. All right. What's next? From Muggle Millions. Hey, guys, do you think Kang starts Secret Wars or or could Erisham take the place of the Beyonder? I think Secret Wars is going to be completely unlike the comic. Same. I, I, I mean, just like, you know, Civil War was completely unlike the comic story of Civil War. I have a feeling this is going to be very, very different for what people want. And, and also, I'm not really sure. Like, Rob and I were talking about this the other day. I'm not convinced that Kang is even going to be a part of Secret War. I have a feeling the Kang storyline wraps in Kang Dynasty, which may open the door in a way to Secret War. But mm -hmm. I, so it's number one, it's way too early to call. But right now, my prediction is it's going to be significantly unlike. I think at this point, trying to draw up theories about Secret War based on what you know about the comic might be folly because I think they're going to go way off. Uh, the uh the ranch on that one yeah. i really do all right what's next from r henry 1980 aaron what did you think of westworld <laughs> season four now question. that's over aaron's not, well, here. not here aaron ran out to use the bathroom <laughs> so she's not here right now but uh we'll, we'll ask her back. all right what's next from oh i hear aaron hey what did you think of the end of season four of westworld oh um you know what? I got to be honest. Tom and I started watching it, and I was a huge Westworld fan. We I remember you told me about yeah, it. Yeah, we Westworld. planned our entire 2017 holiday card around Westworld. And we started watching the first episode, and we were both like... And you haven't got back on it since? I haven't. All right. I haven't. Well, there you go. I All right, know. what's next? From Garrett. I turned myself into a pickle, Morty. Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. And again... Just, I never knew this, just found out that the showrunner and writer of She-Hulk is the writer of that yeah. episode of Rick and Morty. To go Brilliant. back and do that with a Which lower voice Which is actually not good news for me because I didn't really like Rick and Morty. So maybe that's not that's a good sign for me. interesting to me. I feel like a lot know, of the humor would be up your alley. I thought totally. it would totally yeah. be up my alley. Because it's a lot of like science jokes and then just like weird and my crude buddy, humor. It, the crude, it's everything you'd think would be a show that I would love. Yeah. My buddy Dennis loves it mm -hmm. and got me turned on to it and so i did and i really thought that that would be a show for me but it, it just for whatever reason it wasn't hey, what you know i used to make fun of tom for watching it because i would just like walk in and be like this is stupid which is basically what i say to everything he watches because usually the stuff he likes <laughs> is pretty stupid um and he finally was like there's an episode and i feel like this is going to be your gateway into rick and morty and it's the one where um they go to the uh, planet that is entirely inhabited by women and any babies that are born that are male, they basically fling them off into the, the desert to die. And I was like, oh, my God, this is totally up my alley. Um, and he was like, I knew that because you hate men. Um, no, I don't. But it's a really fun one. Literally, they're walking through and there's place and they're, they're like a 
attention. The spider is still in sector four. Please plan your route accordingly. And they all greet each other by saying, I'm here if you need to talk. It pokes fun at women. (laughs) All right. What's next? From Khalil Frederick. Are you caught up on only murders in the building? Yes. Uh, Yes. Yeah. And, and, that is such a well-written show. So good. It's, it's the writing. You know what? The writing. It's a very, very different show. But the writing reminds me a lot of the writing on Modern Family, which also for the long. It's not like one of my top three or four favorite sitcoms. But the writing on that show was always so bang, 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 bang. And like Only Murders in the Building has a lot of that characteristic to it, and I just love it. I just love it. Oh. Martin Short is so great. Well, his. That series of Greek jokes this week, I was dying and I started just yelling at the TV. I was like, no, I want like seven more minutes of this. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right. What's next? From Joker. Do you think we will see Bucky evolve into the White Wolf and possibly team up with the Black Panther in Black Panther 2? Uh, would be epic. I don't think so. I think we would have known more. We would have heard something about Sebastian Stan being in there, particularly if he did any kind of a significant role in the film. So I'm going to guess no, but I do think we're going to see an appearance. I mean, it, it'll feel odd considering his connection to Wakanda. Yeah. If he's not even there for a moment, I don't think it'll be significant. Again, I have no idea. I'm just giving you my my guess. But I, I, I it's going to feel weird if he doesn't at least make an appearance. So I don't know. All right, what's next? From Wayne Edwards, sending in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne. Last night I saw Top Gun Maverick for the fifth time at AMC Dolby Theater. That's the way to do it. Still a great experience. And the theater was 75% full. Incredible. Here's the funny thing. I've been hearing from people say, I want to go see it. The theater's still packed. It's like, okay, but it did only make 7 million last weekend. I mean, Mm -hmm. which for a 13th weekend. Yeah. Crazy good. Crazy good. But I mean, like, I, I don't know how many theaters were really packed if it made $7 million. But still, say, are we having just very like there's one showing a day at your local AMC? Well, you know what? That, yeah, that, that's that actually a very sense. reasonable thing to say, because yeah. like if they're reducing <laughs> the number of screens it's on and reducing the number of show times mm-hmm. it's getting it concentrates, then yeah, the people yeah. who are still interested are going to concentrate. You know what? That's an excellent, Sometimes excellent I'm reasonable. theory. Wow. Well done. What? We don't hire her just for her look. She's also got a brain in that pretty face. As Robert would say, that was an astute observation. That's an astute observation. You know, I have to say, I have to tell you, that was an astute observation. I love when he calls me his esteemed colleague. It makes me really happy. And uh, what's next? We're ending with support Not just support, but great support. Yeah, Charles Edmund Nelson sending in a $20 super chat. Charles, thank you. Thank Thank you, Charles. Charles. Let me, uh, I have two from our members. Uh, V actually gifted five memberships earlier. Oh, thank you, V. V's done that before, I think. Yep. Well, thank you, V. Well done. And he also writes, uh, being as you were talking about Quentin Tarantino films on best and worst movies, I wonder if Aaron, Chris, and Ray had seen Planet Terror. If not, they should, especially for the scene with Quentin. I saw it in the theater as the double feature, Mm -hmm. and it was awesome. I liked it. I very much liked it. I I think Rob and I both listed it as Tarantino's worst film. I I only watched the trailers that you and Rob had me watch one day, the fake trailers from the Oh, the don't. Yeah, which was super fun. (laughs) The the fake trailers are so great. Planet Terror also wasn't that bad, actually. It's weird. It's the only time I'm going to say, wow, that Robert Rodriguez movie was better than that Quentin Tarantino movie. It's never probably going to happen again, but in that one instance, it did for me. But and then we, what is your favorite Tarantino hmm. movie? Ooh, um, I feel like I, I want to say Jackie Brown. 
I mean, the I mean, the soundtrack alone, I could just watch it just to listen to the music. I mean, Quentin Tarantino has brilliant musical choices. Um, But I feel like, yeah, I feel like Jackie Brown would probably be my number one. And a close second would be Reservoir Dogs. But I could watch Pulp Fiction over and over and over again. Did you see the what's death? Not death car. Death proof. Death proof. Death proof. Yeah. Did you see Death Proof? Oh, yeah. It was a double feature. Yeah. 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 That that one. I'm telling you. Till this day, traumatizes me because of the tire, oh, the tire thing. Oh, yeah. Like I remember seeing that in theaters. I'm like, anytime his name pops up, that's what I see in my head. It's very oh, weird. Geez. We'll make sure not to ever say that around you. Yes, we'll never have <laughs> with that the wonderful time. Zoe Bell strapped to the hood of the car. <laughs> yep. In fact, we, she she said uh, she said that because um, she was the fight coordinator of Bitch Slap. The movie yes, that that's I started, right. You worked with her where uh, where we met and became friends. And she said that Quentin sent her the script, and she was like okay, cool, like, I guess I'm going to be doing some stunts on this. And he's like, no, you're going to be starring in it. She's like, I'm sorry, what? What happened? And he goes, yeah, that's that's the role that I want you to play. And she went, oh, okay, cool. Um, that That's what we're doing then. So, yeah. <laughs> and but like I, I said to me, it, I, I think it's the worst Tarantino film. But that car oh, yeah. chasing it is, like, crazy good. Like, yeah. that is crazy. Like, that, that's just no debating that. Anyway, oh, wait, guys. Wait, we got one, oh. one last one. All right, quick. Manny Garcia. He writes, hey, Aaron, my wife, my wife saw you at Pantages last night, but too shy to say hello. Oh. <laughs> Saying hello on her behalf this morning, she says you looked great. Oh, Aww. well, please tell her thank you. Um, I hope she didn't see me when I was shotgunning my Sauvignon Blanc at the very way too short <laughs> intermission. I was like, want to see how fast I can knock back this wine? Um, are you me? <laughs> What's happening? Yes. Um by the way, please tell her thank you so much for the lovely compliment. That is so great. I'm hoping that she enjoyed Moulin Rouge, the musical, as much as I did. And by the way, if you ever, ever, ever see me anywhere and you're like, I'm a little shy, I'm going to give you your opening line. Hey, I watched the John Campia show. And trust me, I talk a lot. I will take over. We'll take pictures together. We'll have a wonderful time and it will absolutely make my day. So please, please, please always say hi if you ever see me. Aww. You right, see me, you better run. No, <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much for being here. And by, by the way, I can't forget, I can't believe I forgot to mention, today, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, that's 6 p.m. New York time, today, it is our She-Hulk pregame show, Ooh. which we are so excited about. Actually, you know what? And Robert Meyer Burnett just texted me, and what was it he was saying? He said... Why don't we call it pre-Hulk? Pre-Hulk. That's instead of calling it she, the pre-show should be called pre-Hulk. pre-Hulk? Oh. It's not a bad idea. But our <laughs> She-Hulk pre-game show, you got thoughts, theories, ideas, speculation. We're going to talk about that this afternoon. So come on in. Then, of course, tomorrow we're going to have our She-Hulk after show to talk about all the stuff that we did indeed see. So. Until tomorrow, guys, or 3 p.m. later today, if you come mm-hmm. back and join us for the She-Hulk pregame show. Uh, I want to thank people in the room. First of all, we got Chris Carr. Chris, where can people find you online? You can find me at, at actor Chris Carr on social media. Uh, you can also find my studio, Speak Friends Studio, which now has a website. You can go there and do voiceover stuff with me. And, and the URL is? SpeakFriendsStudio.com. And right beside you, of course, we've got Aaron Cummings and Joey Bishop, who is the dude. Where can people find you guys? Well, you can find us sipping on white Russians. Um, Just kidding. We'll be in Canada shooting the next season of Nancy Drew. But until then, you can check us out on Instagram at Aaron L. Cummings. And of course, Ray Orr over here is going to come (laughs) barbecue tonight for some She-Hulk. Well, maybe not barbecue, but whatever you want to do. Where can people find you? Uh, Ray Orr with a zero. 
And right, of course, beside him, running the show today, Jonathan Voico. Jonathan, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter, at Sonic, if you want it. And you guys can simply find me online at John Campia. All right, guys, that'll do it for us for now. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.